Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every Friday we'll be covering another instalment in a classic horror franchise. Go to weirdgeeks.com and Weird Geeks on iTunes to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details and news on our very own feature films, albums, shorts and more that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced and no infringement is intended. Geeks! Geeks! Holy shit. Hello, welcome back to the Weird Geeks Horror Show. Every single Friday we take you through another installment of classic horror retrospective franchise. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me throughout all of the 80s slasher movies that I have deemed appropriate and that aren't franchises that we've already covered is Shannon Hollander. It's me, it's me! Oh, Jesus, and Kate Hi. <laughs> I'm gonna miss that. <laughs> uh, it's the end, guys. We came to the final episode or the next week we've got a wrap up obviously final countdown you have to have me and shannon singing at least once in every episode if you're too pitch perfect then we're getting sued that's what i'm saying Um, Uh, i don't i don't think that's a problem yeah i think it'll be fine um but well done well done shannon she got through another series of films thank you thank you i mean we've talked about it a little bit this this series started off like a good idea it dropped off a little bit in quality (laughs) as the decade went on but i feel that's kind of for our listeners at least maybe that's cool because i get to hear people talk about some smaller films that not that many podcasts have covered to be honest and also i feel that's you know it's interesting in a way when you look at what really are the gems towards the end of the decade they're all pretty much the franchise ones that are still going Mm -hmm. not to spoil anything from this episode but it's definitely been like weirder movies weirder yeah cheaper scruffier as i presume the budget well actually i know the budget for the franchise ones are going up It's kind of means like all all the competition has already like drifted to the side a little bit. So yeah. it's like it's sort of like yeah, beginning of the eighties. Well, that shuffle of what's going to stick around, what the public resonating with, and then yeah. It's also nice too though to see some of these writers and directors. You see them at the very beginning, which I think mm-hmm. is really cool because you you start to see the birth of the ideas that would later kind of mark them as who they are now. Oh, yeah. And this week, we're going to be talking about a lot of names, a yeah. lot of people yeah. involved with this movie. I know. I um, was watching the like title cards, and I was like, the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we'll get there in a second. We are dealing with Intruder from 1989. It gets a 6.3 out of 10 on the IMDb. So considerably better than last yeah. week's film, according to IMDb, and considerably better than my film, too. What? <laughs> <laughs> Every week, which is just compare and contrast. How does that make you feel? How does that make you feel, Al? Because let me tell you, I this mean, is like it was filmed over a weekend in a grocery store. <laughs> so how does that make you feel? I mean, it was. Um. <laughs> Maybe they just base it on the amount of characters in the film because that's how. Oh like, yeah, maybe. What a ten times the amount of people in this is in your film. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Plus, no boobs in this film no either, so boobs. it doesn't even have that yeah. going for it. Most upsetting part of it. Zero and I boobs. think bras everywhere. Too many bras. Not enough. It's the end of the 80s. If, if people want to go back to our Friday the 13th series, which one day we'll reboot and we'll have to redo Justin's evolution of the bra. Mm. Because that was the most interesting thing of the Friday the 13th. <laughs> but by this point, as we established, end of the 80s, bras, it's all about support. Yeah. It's all about support. Beginning of the 80s, yeah. less, less so. Mm-hmm. 
Before we get into things, hello, welcome. If you're new to us, please go out to We Are Geeks on all of your podcast things. Please rate us, please subscribe to us. It helps us out a whole bunch because we do all of this for free. We don't do banner ads, we don't do patrons. And by the love of Bruce Campbell for just 10 fucking seconds, we're not going to try and sell you any shopping carts. <laughs> I mean, you can just take them for free. There's always one hanging around. I know. T- well, unless particularly it's if you're in a university town. And you got to pay a quarter. Mm-hmm. What is it with students and shopping carts? They love them. Really? What? You don't have that in England, like, you know, a university town, because there's always like shopping carts just strewn places because they'll get drunk or just take them from the supermarket and then trolley each other down like a tiny little go kart and like three in the morning back to their storm rooms. I'm not going to lie and say I've never done that, but <laughs> I don't know that that is a, a You thought that was a thing. unique thing to you? No, <laughs> no. I mean, it, that wasn't something I did in high school. That was more like college. <laughs> that was last week. Yeah. I mean, I would still do it. Izzy was pushing. <laughs> you just... I tried to get her in it. She wouldn't get in it. So, yeah. yeah. That's how I shop for groceries now. I get in the cart and James pushes me around. And I just grab things. Hell I yeah. Wise. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Did I ever tell you about how I got trapped in a grocery cart once? No. Uh, Did you try and yeah. sit in the baby seat? No, I was just, I was in my, uh, I guess, late 20s. And I used to, I used to be pretty debonair. You know, uh-huh. when you, is that the word? Debonair? Is that the word? Yeah. Sure. When you're, uh, it's not a when word I'd use to describe you, but <laughs> When you're sure. doing your supermarket shopping. <laughs> you said he used to be debonair. He used right, to be. Right. Before we met. Before we met. Mm-hmm. I gave it up. I was too yeah. good at it. And scooting down those supermarket aisles would do the old, you know, like jumping up, putting all your weight on it, putting your feet on the back of the supermarket oh, yeah, trolley yeah. Yeah, yeah. to get a good old, like, you know, skateboard push down there. Right. Some point obviously hit the age where my weight had gone on a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. not enough stuff in the shopping trolley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was with my partner at the time and she discovered me in an aisle. And I wish that this was a lie, but quite literally captured in a cage <laughs> underneath the shopping trolley because it had flipped on top of me. And obviously like not perfectly captured, but it was a large trolley and I was quite a slight man. So... I did. A, what a, noises a, were you making while trapped under this? Or is it like a captured feral animal? I was animal? mostly rethinking my life. Yeah, um, so like, that sounds appropriate. You were like, I'm too debonair for this. Yeah, I should you give can't it up. scream if you're debonair. I should give it up. <laughs> Nowadays, I never scoot and, and yeah, on, the, on the trolleys because the fear is in me now. Right. You learned a lesson. You don't want to be caged again. It's these things you do in the youngest. Like, I remember my mom's house that she used to live in and I would come down the stairs it was like the stairs would go down and then go at a right angle. Mm-hmm. So you could like, technically there was like a drop, you know, over the, ba- over the banister. Mm-hmm. I would come down the stairs and then just leap Spidey style over the banister every single time. Mm-hmm. And I remember this time when I went to uni for like, you know, a few months and I came back to my mom's. And I just remember this weird thing where you look at something, and you're like, how did I ever yeah, do yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> ever. I would die. And you probably wouldn't, but that fear is now in you because you're a grown up and you're looking at things differently. Yeah. It's weird. Yep. Growing old. Spoiled by you. What were we talking about? Yeah. Intruder. 1989, guys. Before we get into the movie, we do like to look at the year that was. And for the final time, somebody, I'm not sure who, has the worldwide box office of this year. It's me. It's me. It's me. It's Shannon. It's a surprise every time. (laughs) Guys, guys, 1989. I'm looking at this list. It's full of bangers. 
Like you love every year, Shannon. I do. I, well, that's because like I look at this list and I'm like, oh man, what a great time to be alive. It's because you just look at these lists and you're just like, these are the films we could have been talking about. A hundred percent I do. L- like, listen, specifically, this list has some of my favorite movies of all time on it. I all right, mean, give it to us. Come on. Okay. Let's see here. Well, I mean, 23, Uncle Buck. Coming in at number 23, Woo-hoo. Uncle Buck. Turner and Hooch at number 20. I mean, it doesn't. That's so good. So good. Tom Hanks and a giant dog. And then quite literally a movie I watch every single year. That is quoted every single year that we talk about in my family. Coming in at number 19, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Molly Kaliki Makai. Yes. (laughs) So, all right. If we're all in LA before you go back and rewatch it at your house, can we watch this together? Because I've never seen Christmas what? Vacation. Yeah. National Lampoon wasn't that big in the UK when I was growing up. And I really grew up with, like, as, as, as you know of my personality, not liking fun. Uh-huh. So I wasn't a fan, uh, other than Animal House, I wasn't a fan mm-hmm. of any of the National Lampoon movies. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like Chevy what? Chase. Well, you know what? what? Listen, I'm calling not an Audible instead of... Instead of Intruder, we're going to talk about National Lampoons right now. And I'm just going to take you through frame by frame. I feel like I have the whole film memorized. It starts with an animated sequence, (laughs) which you would love. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. (laughs) It's fucking amazing. I will 100%. Yes, we will watch this. Another one of my favorite films of all time. Number 16, When Harry Met Sally. Oh, great so movie. Good. So fucking great good. Movie. So fucking good. I just listened to good. a podcast all about this movie and the history of it's really fascinating. Like how it got oh, written, really? the dynamic between yeah, uh, the female and the male writer and like yeah. how they created the script and stuff. It was fascinating. Anyway. I mean, number 15, Steel Magnolias, guys. Drink your juice, <laughs> Shelby. Drink your juice. <laughs> Get to the it's top so 10, Shannon. Come on. I know, but it, it's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. Weeza. I know. I love Weeza. Driving Miss Daisy at number 13. <laughs> but and number 10, we start off oh with what I think is a Bond film, License to Kill. <laughs> How do you not know the name? This is just bewildering to me every week. Listen, James Bond and I, meh, he's okay. I'm not. Again, not I don't like Bond, but you know the fucking names of his films. Well, listen, <laughs> like, but that's part the thing. It's like License to Kill. I reasonably am like, oh, yeah, that's a Bond film. Have I seen it? You know what I mean? allowed to kill. Yeah. But I haven't watched it. I don't. I it'd, don't be, it'd be weird if it was another National Lampoon movie. Yeah, I find James Bond like a more boring superhero. So there's no point to me. Disagree with this. He gets his top off. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. But number nine, Ghostbusters 2. Nice. No, I mean, not great. But (laughs) I haven't been back to the film in a long time. There have been worse ones since. So (laughs) Alex has already signed up. We're covering this later in the year in in the wind up for the new Ghostbusters movie. So we will be doing this. Nice. Number eight. Also, one of my favorite films of all time, The Little Mermaid. Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? Wouldn't you think I'm the girl? The girl who has everything. Yep. If you didn't notice, Shannon has a musical theater background. (laughs) (laughs) You are welcome. And number seven. It still always pisses me off about The Little Mermaid that she doesn't just write things down for Eric. Like, you can obviously (laughs) fucking write your name away, but you Mm -hmm. can't. Just right. write it down. It's a misrepresentation. Right. 
Mm-hmm. I used to love because she's got the, that like hair. Yes. The, the, the like poof hair. And yes. how she would like blow the bangs. Like, <laughs> I remember as a kid being obsessed with that. Yeah. All I wanted was to be able to just be like, oh, my bangs are amazing. Yep. No. I remember being a kid being obsessed with that too, but for different reasons. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> she's got a seashell bra and she blows her hair out of her face. Yep. Sign oh. me up. She is the essence of everything I want to be. She, she has animals. Wonder how she pressuring would... her into making out with boys and <laughs> she's the perfect woman because she doesn't speak there how did go. she learn to blow her hair out of her face though because if you're in water your right? whole life then you right? wouldn't be able to then do that that's why that. she was figuring it out because she hadn't had to do it before she looked very pro at that yeah. level <laughs> yeah, already listen, where she's like i, have I know tried what will to, happen i've spent at this many years i've been alive trying to do that <laughs> <laughs> they're really they're a weird like disney animated things which are like obviously very sexual and it's yeah. so strange when you look yeah. back and they put like Belle's little like bit of strand of hair that's constantly I falling know. in front of her face yeah, and she yeah. pushes it back and they're like it's great because it is also a character thing like it makes it feel more real but it's also definitely like a cute yeah. little sexual thing. I oh, absolutely yeah. used to pull those hairs out intentionally oh yeah when I was in the in the 90s yeah 100% 100% yeah. Disney movie is so sexy Another movie that's highly sexual, number seven, coming back around to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Rick Moranis. Ooh, yeah. Give me a good time. Disney Plus just came out and all my nieces and nephews are all watching these now. And it's hilarious uh-huh. because we yeah. grew up watching these. Well, and it's coming back. They're going to make another yeah. one. And Rick Moranis yeah. is returning yeah. to acting. Guys. Is he really? Yes, what? he is. He's coming back. He's raised his kids. He's coming what? back to be an a- to act again. And I could not be more excited. That's crazy. I didn't know that. I, what is sexual about this? <laughs> uh, nothing. Nothing is sexual okay. about it. Good. I was I'm joking. Glad. It was a weird sentence to yeah. then lead into. But... Rick Moranis is one of the world's greatest humans, and I'm so glad that he's coming back to grace us in film again. I agree. That's amazing news. Very good. I don't know who this man is, but okay. He is signed on, y'all. And then number six, a film with not one of the world's greatest humans in it, Lethal Weapon 2. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I think uh, you'll find Jesus loves him. Well, so. that makes one. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, he Jesus a, loves uh, me too. There's a song about it. So I haven't seen it yet, but apparently he was amazing in um, Dragged Across Concrete last year. Hmm. So. I still haven't seen that. I really want to. Well, you haven't seen um, Selbrock, Brawling Selbrock as well. You should, do it, though. You no, should watch both of those Selbrock. two. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah. Mock me. So debonair. Mm-hmm. Another great film at number five. Oh, Captain, my Captain, Dead Poet oh. Society. Oh, yeah. Oh. There's a movie. That was Speaking one of, of that, Robin I Williams, I, I right? introduced Allie to Hook last night. <gasps> she had never seen Hook. Are never you seen kidding? it, you guys. Oh, what the fuck? Oh, We've had Rufio under our roof, and she's never seen uh, him in those oh tights. Oh, God. Didn't appreciate it. Well, you and you, are you going to admit your revelation <laughs> during Hook? You no. texted me. Okay, we'll move on. <laughs> Listen, I watched it with young eyes, okay? okay I didn't wasn't fine. there going, who's that actor? Who is that actor? Who's that? We'll I knew Robin Williams. That's there it. There you go. <laughs> what else could you be talking about? Yeah, what else is happening? Number four, another classic. 
Look who's talking. Oh my God, these films are so good. I know. And I find it interesting that so many of these movies are geared towards kids, right? I feel like that is relatively. that was a le- the late 80s, I feel, were the dawn of the family movie. Yeah. Like, obviously, there were family movies before, but these were movies like that, yeah, you could take your kids to, but there's always something in there for the grown-ups as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's this was like some- the era I remember of, I think it was Sunday Night Movie, mm-hmm. and they would air it on like CBS or something, and that, it was always, it was like 7 o'clock on a Saturday night or a Sunday night, and it was like family movie night, and mm-hmm. they would air a family-friendly one, and it was always one that, because I grew up very censored and my family was always like, oh, it's on here as family friendly. So we we were like always allowed to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's when they figured it out. Yeah. They could do something that would appeal to majority of American families. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which and is I why when you were saying this was a year of bangers, you're going through this list and to me this sounds like a year of meh. <laughs> like right. a lot of just well, like, like, sure, as a kid this was fun. It's but. a year of like really truly nostalgic film. That's what I was just thinking of because Her- when Harry Met Sal- Sally is arguably a far better film than all of oh, the yeah. ones that are in the top 10. Well, so, the, Dead Poets Society. Come like, on. Well, right. right I was going to say true. with the exception of Dead Poets Society. But... It's so interesting that that, which is clearly an adult film, is at number 16, and these family-friendly films are in the top 10. Yeah. These are the things that created many of the rules in terms Mm -hmm. of what the rating system means to your box office, Mm -hmm. which then has kind of gone this weird inverse thing, because back in those days, you could just be a kid and sneak into a lot of those movies that you want to get into. Now it's a little harder to do that. Not impossible, but harder. Mm -hmm. However, nowadays there are lots of other avenues to watch the adult movies through so it's kind of done a weird swip top sorry this like list of films i just realized that at number 33 is bill and ted's excellent adventure and <laughs> i can't possibly be in a relationship with james haggy and not mention that that is on this list he loves it so much so, well we'll see how that oh. new one is i know Tell also me. coming back but at number three another goatee back to the future part two I feel this is another one of those films. I don't know about you guys. I've said this a few times on the podcast, but like, as a kid, I preferred a lot of the sequels. And then when you get older, you watch the movies and you're like, no, clearly the original is so I much completely better. agree. As a kid, I preferred two. But now as an adult, I completely agree. The opposite is true. It's like, no, one is where it is at. Mm-hmm. I need to go it's back like and rewatch these. It's been way too long. I, think I prefer Gremlins 2 or I prefer Turtles 2. Mm-hmm. You preferred Gremlins 2? As a kid, yeah. I think because the it's like the goofy get a little more one. gimmicky and a little more like ridiculous. And so as uh. a kid, you're like, oh yeah, there's a hoverboard. Great. But yep. like as an adult, it's like this hoverboard is cool, but not essential. <laughs> <laughs> and there were never that many Jaws films, which is upsetting to me because this this brought me up thinking, great, they're going to keep making Jaws films my entire life, and then they stopped early yep. on. Yeah, well, that's Twice. for the best, as we learned. Uh, we need like it's crazy that there aren't more Jaws films. I don't know who owns the rights to that, but I presume they are locked down because someone would yeah. have fucking made a sequel or a remake by now. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, technically, Deep Blue Sea was originally conceived as like a sequel remake, but then it had to like change because of licensing or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, another solid, arguably fantastic film coming in at number two, Batman. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 I haven't been back to these in ages either. Yeah, I, you know, I was just thinking, recently. I haven't either. And this is, is such a good one. 
Oh, I love Batman. It would be great. I mean, Alex is always posting to do like a Spidey retrospective or a Batman retrospective. Mm-hmm. And I would love to do the Batman one because there's so many different eras of yeah. him now in the lead up to Robin Pants and one. The problem is, it's like we started a rule of trying to be fairly comprehensive with the trivia on this podcast. Obviously not completely, but, you know, vaguely comprehensive. And there's too much. Like people know too much about these movies. Right. I don't know how we'd cover it. If it was just like watch it and talk about our feelings, absolutely. I think we'd do this. I think you could say that you're just doing the films and not like the cartoons or the comic books and you're just taking the films for what they are. No, absolutely. But I just mean there's so much trivia. There's so much stuff about those. And people like, that's why we always err away from like Lord of the Rings and everything else where it's like, there's just people know too much about these. I don't want to talk about something people know too much But in the same vein, Joker you know, from this year has absolutely nothing to do with the lore and is in fact fucks it up in a lot of it. And people loved it. So like, who cares? Plus it might be a good way to get some interaction on your social media. Hmm. I have discovered recently that it's like the best way to get people to respond to something is not even to ask questions. It's to just say something incorrectly that they want to then voice their opinion about where they're like, no, you're wrong. And I know that because this, and you're like, great, you're talking to me. Yeah. 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 Get out of my house. I would also suggest, I feel like James, that would be a podcast that James Haggy would be happy to uh, (laughs) host on. Cause he, if there's some, if there's one thing James knows, he likes his Batman. He loves, right, he loves his bats. Do you love uh, can you ask him what are his top two? Is he in the room right now? He is in the room. Can you ask him what are his two favorite Batman movies? James, what are your two favorite Batman movies? It all hinges on, hinges on this, buddy. He's pondering. Oh, he said Dark Knight and Returns. Batman Returns. Okay, okay. Is he aware of a movie called Mask of the Phantasm? Are you aware of a movie called Mask of the Phantasm? I said pointedly. <laughs> He is aware. He's like, it's the animated one. A lot of people tout it as being the top three. How do you feel about it? He says it's good. It's a nice continuation of the of the cartoon series. And he also loves the cartoon series. So He's, he's welcome on our show so we can argue because he's wrong. It's the best Batman. <laughs> oh, he, uh, you are welcome on the show because you can argue with Al because apparently you're wrong that Mask of the Phantasm is the best Batman film. He said, until they make a Batman Beyond movie, then we're at an impasse. Get out of town. I fucking heard what he said. <laughs> we can be, we can continue on that impasse. I hope this is entertaining for your audience. We're a little off track. Sorry. Yeah, we need to go. Let's do it. Okay. How many more movies? You guys promised me a short podcast and then we start talking <laughs> about all the Batmans. <laughs> it's number one. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is number one. Indiana Great Jones one. and the Last Crusade. That's, That's actually my favorite Indiana yeah. Jones. So good. All right. Thank you very much, Shannon. That was illuminating for the final time. Yay! Katie, you got the spooks. Why are we covering Intruder? Tell me. Because we basically have covered everything else on this list. There you go. (laughs) So we're going to start off with Friday the 13th, Part 7, Jason Takes Manhattan. So good. We've done it. Jason Takes Manhattan. That'll be Part 8. Part 8. I even have glasses (laughs) on and I still miss the one extra dash Roman numeral. Okay. Halloween Part 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers done it i mean we've done it not great <laughs> nightmare on elm street 5 the dream child <laughs> done it yeah not great <laughs> not great i mean i didn't say they were good i just said we've no i know them. i just give my one more <laughs> we have sleepaway camp 3 teenage wasteland mm, not great <laughs> not good. silent night deadly night 3 better watch out not great guys they're not i mean all slasher before. films to be fair so far yeah pet cemetery 
Way yeah, people long. people have love for this. I don't think it's amazing, but it's all right. It's better than the remake they just did. Yeah, definitely better than the remake. Ugh. Puppet Master. OG. Yeah, I haven't really seen these properly, so I can't judge. Howling 5. We just keep coming back to the Howling. The Rebirth. So many of them. Amityville 4. The Evil Escapes. We'll get to the Amityville. Again, we're, we're going to just do the theatrical ones, I think, because otherwise it's about 16 of them. I remember the Ryan Reynolds Amityville being one of the last movies. It was pre-Al White, so I wasn't broken yet, but it was one of the last films that I watched in a cinema that truly scared me. Like, yeah. I was actually scared. You'll probably be okay now. <laughs> I would be fine now, but I just, I miss that feeling sometimes where I'm like, oh, that was nice when I was, like, actually well, scared of it. Shannon things. still has the possibility for that feeling. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have Leviathan. Does this have to do with Hellraiser? No, no. It's an underwater oh. movie. Oh. Yeah, I just actually got the Blu-ray of it from Germany. I haven't watched it in years, so we'll be Intriguing. revisiting it probably in our personal lives. And then we have Tetsuo, the Iron Man. Tetsuo. Yeah, Tetsuo. Tetsuo. It's a fucked up, great. Uh, yeah, this one and, and its sequel, uh, very revolutionary at the time, Japanese very strange movies very arty very violent lots of bio organics cool that's it there you go so loads of slasher movies and yeah like you said we covered nearly all of them so like yeah. you know obviously there are some other little ones but we're also around. getting like deep in the end of fra- like in the middle or end of franchises and we're at the end of horror for a while to be yeah. honest horror was about other than a few exceptions horror was gonna die out until scream revitalized it about six years later that's just how it was so yeah in this we get intruder which is a movie which has a lot of cult love mm-hmm. and part of that reason is because of all the people involved directed by scott spiegel so who is this guy well directing he hasn't done that many he's on a ton of shorts dozens of shorts but yeah he went on to direct from dust till dawn part two texas blood money he did hostel part three Okay, we'll get into it in a second. But he's known for small acting parts in Evil Dead 1 and 2, in Dark Man, Spider-Man 1 and 2, Drag Me to Hell. And he was one of the writers on Evil Dead 2 and from Dust to Dawn 2. Written by him and some extra story from Lawrence Bender. Now, Lawrence Bender, we don't normally talk about the producers, but this is the producer of this movie or one of them. And people might recognize his name. He is the producer of every single Tarantino film up until Inglorious Bastards. Ah. He's also the producer of Goodwill Hunting. He was the producer of The Inconvenient Truth. He's like done tons and tons of stuff. He's, an, he's a, quite an important dude. Went on to have a very successful career. DP'd by Fernando Arguelles. He did Walker, Texas Ranger, a whole bunch of Prison Break, Hemlock Grove, doing Swamp Thing, the TV show. Mm. Music by Basil Polidorus. He did music for The Blue Lagoon, Conan the Barbarian, the original, Red Dawn, the original, Robocop, the original. Hey, I want to say that now. The Hunt for Red October, Flight of the Intruder, oh my God. Free Willy. <gasps> Free Willy. And he yes. died in 2006 at 61 years old. Starring Elizabeth Cox as Jennifer. She was in Night of the Creeps. That's a great movie. That's great. She's an uncredited student in 16 Candles. <gasps> what? And she stopped working in 1989 and then just did one more in 2006. Renee Estevez as Linda. She's in uh, an undercredited underage hooker. <laughs> in Lethal Weapon. All right. <laughs> She's also in Single White Female. She's actually in a whole bunch of The West Wing. She plays the other daughter yeah. of well, Depotus. Because oh. she's That's... Martin Sheen's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. No, but not the daughter. The daughter is what's-her-face. Right, yeah. right. But yeah, in life, and... she is, as she is an Estevez. She is Emilio's yes. sister, Charlie's yeah, sister, yeah. and Martin's daughter. And also got to play as such, yeah. which is kind of weird. She's in Heathers. She's in The Way. Mm-hmm. She's Emilio Estevez. Oh, that one's so good. I love that film. 
Yeah, my mom just watched that recently oh, for the first time. She loved so it. So good. I wanted to do that hike now after watching so it. So did my mom. <laughs> um, we we'll go together. Dan Hicks as Bill Roberts. He was in Dark Man, Evil Dead 2, Spider-Man 2, Maniac Cop, a whole bunch of Sam Raimi movies and stuff. David Burns as Craig Peterson. He went on to be Witchcraft 7 and 9. And then we get Sam Raimi as Randy. Yes. We get Eugene Robert Glazer as Danny. He was in 24, La Femme Nikita, No Way Out. We get Ted Raimi as yes. uh, Produce Joe. We get Lawrence Bender as Officer Adams. We get Scott Spiegel as Breadman. We get Greg Nicotero, one of the most legendary effects artists in the world, who nowadays I guess people know him for The Walking Dead, as Townie in the car. We get Bruce <laughs> Campbell as Officer Howard. Budget of, well, we don't know. They started with 100000 We know they got a little bit more. We don't know exactly how much. So there's, here's the deal. Scott Spiegel, Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi, they all went to school together. Is it all making sense now? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> there you go. Do I, do I need to say any more? No. They'd make shorts constantly. They'd all help each other out. Scott Spiegel was working in Walnut Lake Market in Michigan. And yeah, he did a short while he was there called Night Crew because he would be working at the store and they would just shoot when it was closed. And this was shot on 8 mil or Super 8, I think it was. Bruce Campbell was the fucking cameraman in this yes. movie. It's about them all just helping each other out. Sam Raimi was in it as a victim. And after they were finished, Sam Raimi and Bruce were working on Evil Dead. And they were talking mm-hmm. about making Night Crew as a feature film. But then obviously Evil Dead took off. Raimi's career started getting pretty crazy. He got a little too busy. And it wasn't until Lawrence Bender, who up until that point had wanted to be a dancer and then an actor... He had, not sure how, but he had $100,000 and he asked Scott Spiegel if he had any ideas for a small budget movie. And he said, yeah, I got this idea. Night Crew, let's do it. Now, when you see Scott Spiegel talk, by the way, it's kind of funny because he talks very similar to Tarantino, which is funny because Lawrence Bender ended up having a huge career with, with uh, Scott Spiegel, and they, uh, sorry, with Tarantino and they all became friends. But he's got that feverish energy, you know, yeah, like yeah. looks a little bit crazy. Yeah, probably did a lot of coke in the 80s. <laughs> Possibly. And 90s. And 2000s. <laughs> so along the way, Charles Band stepped in as another producer. He's produced over 300 movies now. Oh my God. Yes. Now, to be fair, you might not have heard of any of them other than like Puppet Master and Trances and some mm-hmm. whole bunch of B-movies schlock. But, um, yeah, they found a grocery store in California and they gave the manager a couple thousand bucks to open the doors and said, don't worry, we'll be out before the owner comes back. This grocery store is closed down, basically. There was nothing on the shelves. So they went to Ralph Spoiler's warehouse and for $1,000, they got two five-ton trucks diverted from taking stuff to the homeless shelters to bring it to their store so they could stock up the store on expired goods, essentially. Wow. Yeah, they did. They got two That's of those, really stocked it all up. I mean, obviously had no clearance for anything because yeah. there's so much branding in this movie. Right. I don't know if I've ever seen a movie get away with so much branding and obviously they didn't pay for clearance in any oh, of yeah. this. It's insane. Uh, there's just so much probably like the lawyers are just like, fuck it. Like, it's yeah. just yeah. going to be exhausting. They did a regular casting process, even though this basically was how they did movies back then. You know, they were just a bunch of friends hanging out. They had a little bit of money. Like, let's just make a fucking movie. But they did do a regular casting process and they did a screen test too. Now, they were trying to find the lead. They were trying to find a Jennifer. Lawrence Bender happened to be dating a lady called Elizabeth Cox at the time. Oh, God. <laughs> well, this is Shannon's yeah. nightmare you're describing. You know that, right? This is the thing. You hear this story. You hear this story. Like, we need but a then lead. When you see her, oh, she seems lovely, girlfriend. by the way. 
There's a great making of on the sign-ups Blu-ray release, which is the version. We're watching the unrated director's cut. And she's like, yeah, it was actually harder for her to get the role because she was dating the producer because they made her jump through more hoops, you know. Mm. But they ended up getting, you know, going for her. Interesting. Interesting. Because <laughs> I will say, she's my least favorite part of this film. Interesting. We'll get yes. to it. What I will say is definitely worth watching for people in the making of. I don't know if it's available anywhere else because it's fantastic. And Shannon, genuinely, maybe we can watch it before the wrap up. You should see this. She developed a whole bunch of different screams for this movie. What? Because she didn't want just one scream. And genuinely, it's fantastic. And like in the making of, she's obviously, you know, contemporary age pretty much and she does some of these screams still and she can still do them really well and she has a little notepad where she has the original notes one was called the high c scream <gasps> then there was the whistle scream oh my then God, there's the tarantula it. scream because she hates spiders and then there was what she called the suck and gasp which is more of the <gasps> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like and she has all these different screams around and it's great when you see that before watching a movie it's fantastic when you see the moment she does like each of them keeps changing it up amazing that i do love yeah, honestly, like she does that really, really well. Anything yeah. else you might think about her, I think she's good at. She was good at that, and it was it was an interesting because most people just do one screen. Yeah, yeah, and they just went and made this movie. Basically, that's it. They just went and did it, and we'll talk a little bit more about what happened afterwards. After, but let's get into the film, shall we? Yes. We open on a full moon. Yes. With some synth music over a green warp title and really slow credits. Oh my god, yes. I my first note is world's longest credit. I mean, it's just a portent of what's to come. Yeah. Uh, we pan down to Walnut Lake Market. So he literally just called this the market that he used to work with. Like it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. I'm surprised they made a sign for it though, but that's like they do care about the detail, and that's something I'm gonna get into throughout mm-hmm. this film. You can tell this was made by Sam Raimi's buddies and they share some similar desires which are like they're clearly passionate, they're clearly having fun and they clearly got lots of crazy ideas. We have an immediate interesting shot as we're inside the POV of a trolley and crazy cow cereal gets dropped in front of us like some weird (laughs) product placement. And this is, yeah, this is going to be the signature thing. And when you hear them talking about it, when Bruce Campbell's talking about it, when the DP's talking about it, we're like, yeah, man, Scott's fucking crazy. He want, If he can put a POV in it, he'll put a POV in it. Anything he possibly oh can God. do, Oh, my God. This is well, not even true. close to the weirdest POV you're going to get in this film. No. It's, and i got to say, if the rest of the movie can drag a little, I'm just waiting to see, where's he going to put the camera next? Yeah. yeah, 100%. I love it. Again, when we're dealing with these, sh- let's be honest, pretty shitty movies, that's all I want to see. I want to see that the director or someone is thinking. Like, it's having some fun and, you know, doing something. Yes. And Scott Spiegel, even if we hate this movie, I'm not going to, you know, get into it yet. He's doing mm-hmm. some weird shit. And he still does. I did the extra homework. I went and rewatched Hostel 3, which I hadn't seen in ages, because that's his most contemporary feature, I think. He's still doing it. He's still doing some weird fucking shots. Like, it's, it's not a good movie. But, like, even one of the very earliest shots is this crazy, like, upside-down like tracking that goes out from inside a lamp and then goes between the fingers of someone as a key's getting dropped into their hands and it's just insane it's stuff was like i don't even know how you pitch that shot it's so yeah, weird that's crazy but i love it i love stuff like that it's like yeah what can we what can we do that we've never seen before we are a trolley yep <laughs> so the supermarket's closing up maybe this was the pov that you had when you were trapped in the trolley <laughs> yeah, yeah probably it gave me, it gave me ptsd <laughs> <laughs> And we're going to meet Jennifer. She's going to be our lead. She is blonde and looks like a model, basically. Yeah. yeah. 
And then we get Linda, who is slightly less blonde and looks less like a model. Except no one's wearing name tags. Uh-huh. No. Very annoying. I would say Linda is the, like, I would have made Linda my lead. She's the better and more interesting actress, I feel like, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> this feels like, Katie, I don't, do you remember Friday the 13th Part 3? They just give, like, this girl got the lead role in it. And she's fine. Like, it's not terrible, but it's just like, yeah, you're just, she's not like bitchy. She's not horrible, but just like, you're too pretty, really. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not amazing yeah. at acting. And it's not offensive or annoying, but it's also just like a missed opportunity. And that's kind of how Jennifer feels here. It's just like, she's too pretty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I don't, and like, I don't, she's also got like weird pink eyeshadow on. Like, granted, it's the 80s, but I found that like super distracting. Yeah, as the film goes on, I like her more, which now also hearing the backstory of the screams and things that she worked in, it's like, oh, yeah, once she actually starts screaming and is scared and things, I like her more. So maybe that's what she was cast on. But just like in this basics, especially what we're about to get to, where there is some like actual acting (laughs) involved, it is so bad. (laughs) And that like Estevez, who plays Linda, is casual and charming and interesting even with like her little part so i was like oh man real missed opportunity here uh <laughs> and it's just and then like the only two women story of yeah, act- yeah they're the only two women and it's just like a story of actresses lives you can be <laughs> the more interesting better actor but because you're just like slightly more homely you're gonna be the one that dies first yeah, I didn't have a problem with Jennifer visually, but as you you just said, Shannon, as this goes on, her line delivery is so weird. Oh, like God, the yeah. way that she fluck like influxes some of her lines, I was like, What? Like, well it- she'll just mumble some things that are really important and then yeah. scream or elongate other things that make that you're like, We didn't even need to know that information. It's weird. I do I do wanna say like in order to make an obs, they all was constantly sound like Scott Spiegel is not an actor's director. Right. Like he's, he was only obvious. interested in the visuals and yeah. what weird shit they can do. Oh, that's very um, So obvious. I don't, and I, and I feel that with it. Cause like you said, there are moments where she's actually like, yeah, she's good. Again, maybe too pretty to be the final girl, but there's moments particularly later on when the spooks are happening where she does an all right job. But yeah, in some of this beginning bit, I just feel like, did they have guidance? Did they, was it literally just like, all right, just go. That's fine. Let's move on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's the context of each shot? Like, I don't feel like she necessarily, I think she could have been fine if, yeah, there was maybe a little bit more. Right. Well, she would have also been fine if this was the film where she was the slutty friend and got her Mm -hmm. top off at some point and was like. Well, yeah, she's, she's very demure. Yeah. Yeah. Which which I kind of like. I mean, I like seeing, you know, it's nice when you get a girl that you think will be the slutty one and she plays something else. But it's like, okay, but then you could still could be interesting. Yeah. And if the character's not written to be interesting, then you as the actor's got to do that. And right. yeah, don't think she's quite up for that. Right. But she's into Steve, apparently, who's dating Carrie, but apparently they broke up. So again, all this gossip, all this old fella. This old fucking guy, like, no one cares about this. I he love this paper old bag. Man. What do you mean no He's one great. cares about the old no, man? No, no, but like, no, no one cares. He picks up man. his bag. They packed it too heavy because they're too busy gossiping about boys. All the shit falls out of his bag. It rips. And then no one picks any of it up. Right. <laughs> He just she walks comes around off. and like, no, she comes around with a plastic bag. And he's just mumbling about like, do I get a senior discount? Do I get a senior discount? What, huh, huh? Like he's, he seems so like annoyed, but also not bothered at the same time. I love him right. so much. Does she pick up all of it? Cause there's a lot. That yeah. yeah. She comes around the corner oh, okay. with a, a plastic bag and she like repacks yeah. it for him. 
Okay. But he still walks off carrying the broken paper bag, which I thought was hilarious. He's just like in a rut. You could tell they were like, okay, now you leave. And he was like, okay, I'm just going to keep talking and like carry all this stuff out. Yeah. Is this normal though? Because the people who, I mean, again, Scott worked in a store called this. So I presume he knows what he's talking about. But do you have the people on the till then become the night shift? I feel like that would be a separate people would come in. Yeah. I mean, it just, it would just be what their shift is, right? So like it maybe they're the closing crew the night crew or whatever so it's just like that and they time continue of day. on into stocking yeah i didn't get i was so confused at first when as we're gonna get to it when they're like explain what's about to happen to the store i thought it was more of this was a one-off experience for them that they were like oh we're just now telling you that you guys have to stay late and yeah. I didn't get that they were the night crew until well, this yeah. way, like later I think, on. I, know, yeah, this. I think this is an extraordinary circumstance, yeah. as we'll get to with the story, that it is like, oh, crap. Like, you get unexpected inventory, like that right. sort of thing. Like, they know it is their job to close the store. They are the night crew that's going to close it. But because there's an added job, it's going to be a longer, harder process for tonight. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they go, yeah, they got to re- price everything right yeah which you only get like two shots of someone actually yeah <laughs> so jennifer rounds up some carts and there's this weird greaser dude who we're gonna find out it's called craig who's just watching her very close by and she yeah. doesn't notice but like 10 <laughs> feet away and i wrote down a bit shannon's just got slightly more excited because greasers are in this movie yes <laughs> i was like so broody Ooh, so broody <laughs> and she's doing so the shittiest in- job collecting these carts too <laughs> Well, you know who's doing shitty jobs are people not putting away their shopping carts. It's one of That's my right. biggest fucking fucking drives me pet insane. Peeves. It's Put like your shopping they carts even away. shoved it right by the door. Walk five more feet inside, homie. Right? Mm-hmm. Put it back where you found it. Makes me so mad. There's a, a radio station here in LA that does they do like a whole shopping cart bit where a guy goes around and will put people's shopping carts away and then or see people putting them like in the wrong spot and then go up and be like hey why can't you put your shopping cart away and (laughs) interrogate them and try and get them to do it the amount of effort that I have seen people put into not putting the cart where it belongs like up yes on the landscaping like pushing it up onto the curb yes and you're like dude (laughs) yeah all to avoid doing what you just did which is just walking and you get it's not hard like it's not stairs there's nothing else incrementally difficult involved it makes me so upset i know and i have a ton of siblings that are like oh just wait till you have kids screaming at you blah blah i'm like Put them in the car and take your cart back. All you're doing is showing them you put things back where you found them. Right. Like, or, if anything. It's a life choice. Don't have kids and put your trolleys back with them. Agreed. Right. Agreed. Because Ugh. we have too many kids in the world, but not enough correctly placed trolleys. And yeah. that's just a fact. I agree. And you know what? And I, listen, assholes breed assholes. And people that don't put their carts away are assholes. <laughs> so true. if your kids is the reason that you can't put your shopping cart away, guess what? You've created another fucking asshole. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like to feel we've got like at least three listeners who just that that was it that was the final straw i feel, I feel singled out no, i <laughs> want i want a off. good combative argument then from one of those people that's telling me why they don't have time to put their shopping cart away yeah i mean i'm with you there's, there's no reason anyway we found no a pet cave, right. y'all so craig greaser boy he comes up to jennifer's till and when we have what i guess is called uh, a conversation <laughs> uh <Yeah>. where <laughs> 
honest to god it's I mean, so okay, bad. Like, when did it no but this is the thing when because for you guys i didn't neither of you seen this before uh-huh. i have obviously and i didn't tell you guys anything about this right. one because the trailer and the release posters luckily the sign ups blu-ray doesn't the release posters in the trailer for this tell you who the killer yes. is yes i just looked at the imdb i didn't luckily did not look at it beforehand it's insane but yeah i was like how is your poster showing you the killer that's so annoying that's how it was marketed it was so annoying but also because this film's a comedy and i didn't want to tell you guys it was a comedy because i wanted to know how far into you get before you realize oh it's not just bad although it is also bad like but it's meant to be funny bad i mean i am laughing from the very beginning with the old man and like even there's so many sight gags in this film too that i fucking love like the tv guide is like is tv getting better or worse like all that like they clearly are being intentional with what they are putting in the background of their shots and i fucking love it like i am here for these weird shots and all the like really subtle sight gags that they're doing in the background. Yep. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like they really, he really does care. Like yes. he's putting a lot, he's stuffing a lot into this. Yeah. So Craig's telling her he's, and I'm only quoting him because I'm not comfortable using this sentence, but you got a quote. Uh, he says he's got a gimp hand yeah. from writing her so many letters <laughs> that she's never replied to. This man has never written a letter in his fucking life. <laughs> No, <laughs> and this is the moment I remember the first time I watched it, where I was like, "Oh, it's funny," <laughs> like yeah. there's no fucking way. Yeah, a hundred percent. And in my brain, I I feel like that's supposed to be like. I was like, "You have a gimp hand from writing letters, nah? You got a gimp hand from rubbing it out." Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I wrote you lots of love letters another way. I know. I was like, "That's the obvious joke, there, guys. Come on." Yeah. So Renee's pressing the emergency button and it buzzes into the back, which is a nice, to be honest, it's good writing. It's a nice way to then meet two more characters. We are meeting people at a nice pace. Some of these horror films, we meet way too many people in one go. Here, we're Mm -hmm. getting introduced pair by pair, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Although I will argue there's still too many people. There's way too many people. Yeah, there's a lot. This is not a a skeleton night crew setup. This is like everybody who ever works in this store is here in this one shift. (laughs) So yeah, buzzing back, we're going to meet the two managers. One of them is called Bill, and he's concerned that the buzzer's going off because uh, he's like, can I check on the women? And the other yeah, one... We only have two the, of them. Yeah, we can't lose them. <laughs> and the other one apparently owns 51% of the store, and he's definitely business business. His yeah. head's just down. He's got one of those things called where you're doing like... You're, like you're adding things up in your little special a calculator. calculator? Cal- no, but it's like they had the special printing ones for an adding machine. It's still a calculator. I mean, it's still yeah. like oh, a- they had a special name. They had a name. I forgot. Anyway, whatever. He's got one of those little things. I don't think you have those anymore. My mom still has one she uses for her taxes. She does everything manually. Oh That's my awesome. god, love it. Yep. And so we're going to find out. Jennifer used to date this greaser, but she says it's been over a year since they broke up. And somehow this simple conversation escalates into him punching her in the face. Yep. Yeah. Ridiculous. (laughs) Which is fucking hilarious. So a couple of dudes just appear out of nowhere to get involved. And then we get a little punching match, which this fucking fight is so funny. Oh, my God. (laughs) All of the fight scenes in this, the fight choreography. If you weren't sure that this was a comedy like this, the fight choreography in this film is hilarious but it is one of those things where like it does make me go is this 
intentional like is the fight choreography in this slow and stupid <laughs> intentionally <laughs> or is it just because from the very beginning i was like oh this is film is going to film feel like we filmed it in a weekend in this superstore that just a supermarket that just happened to be closed so getting to these fight scenes and things like that i was like oh you just don't have time to actually or know what you're doing to really make them good. Like, it's like a, is this an intentional choice or is it just, this is the best of our ability right now. <laughs> or you don't have time to do another take where they're just yeah. like, okay, this is what we're trying to get to. And then kind of improvise your way there. Yeah. So. And I think it's both. I think yeah. it's like when it's when this director and everyone involved is clearly friends, they hang out mm-hmm. a lot, they've done stuff, like dozens of short films, some of these mm-hmm. people. And they're just in like, yeah, this is just fun. Let's just have fun. Not overthinking things. He's just more concerned with, yeah, well, what can I do this weird next? You know, the actual yeah. filmmaking pro. So I do think it's a bit of both. Yeah. And this is definitely the point that we realize how many people are in this store. And this is when I was like, who's that? Yeah. 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 So. We've got the guy in plaid who's the handsome quiff boy, essentially, who yeah. we're going to find out is the guy that Jennifer's like, got a crush on. We've got Ted Raimi we're going to get to later. Yeah, Bill, obviously the store owner. He gets involved here, as does the actual, like, st- the other owner, the like, the banker guy. Yeah, <laughs> everyone. It's a- And he gets, like, they're, like, throwing the greaser out, and he's like, if you fuck, I will kill you. He's right? like, no, you won't. You're wearing a tie. <laughs> well, but it's also, like, why are there five guys all of yes. a sudden for this, like one greaser guy and they yeah. are so angry and, and then as we'll get to they get so scared oh yes <laughs> i do love sam raimi and then just appears and he's used as a distraction for craig to escape sam but, raimi just looks adorable he does he them. looks so cute he's so lovely at this point my note is i love this movie yeah like <laughs> this is terrible way in terrible like we haven't built characters at all but it's like yeah this is just a weird old time and i'm up for it and it already feels fun like that's what even watching this i was like already like i said i i kept thinking like oh this is like filmed over a weekend in a supermarket and it feels like a group of friends that are like hey let's just make a fucking movie man and it feels fun like that yeah, and I think the difference is because they feel like, and this is going to be subjective, but they feel to me like people that I would want to make a movie with. Yeah. Whereas some of the movies from the 80s that are done in this style don't feel like people I would want to be hanging out right, with or right. making a movie with, you know? So it's kind of like, what group of friends would you hang out? Although... Yeah, like Skip School Nick from last week. Don't want to uh, be friends with him. Yeah. But this is the thing. So, like, Craig's gone missing, but it's very, like, confusing Jennifer's ringing the cops who then put her on hold, which is very confusing. This was the line um, delivery I was telling you about where she's like, hi, my name is so-and-so and I'm at this address, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, and then they're like, okay, one second. And then she's like, don't put me on hold. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so for real, weird. that is her delivery. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> it was so it's good. so weird. I think it's supposed to imply that, like, this is such a small town. And as we see the cops later, that, like, nothing is really ever treated like an emergency. (laughs) But it was just her weird delivery. Like, you wouldn't be like, don't put me on hold. You'd be like, don't put me on hold. (laughs) Like, it was like a weird, but it was definitely something where she did it. And they were like, she said the line. We don't really care that it's whatever. So it was strange. Keep rolling. Yep. Yeah, and they're all going to start like Sam Raimi. He has a noise in the back. Like, he's where all the dripping bloody carcasses are for the meat in the store. And they're all going to start wandering around. Which is not what it should look like in a meat locker. (laughs) I hope not. It's like, 
That's your meat going bad, you guys. <laughs> yeah. This, this store is crazy. They have live lobsters, yeah. a yeah. full-on meat locker. Like, what is this super high-end store? Yeah, they break down whole sides of beef. Like, what? That's amazing. Right? <laughs> but this is, this is a problem, though. Like, we're 10 minutes into this movie. Yeah. We've had a massively long, drawn-out opening credits. Yeah. So you can already count out a bunch of those 10 minutes. And we're already with a bunch of characters that we haven't been introduced to properly other than two of them. And they're all just walking around in the dark to Ed Wood style music. Like, yeah. it's so backwards. You're like, no, this is the third act of the movie. This isn't yeah. or even or the second, maybe. This isn't the first act. You don't, you're not here 10 minutes in the movie. We should be with these characters hanging out. They're going to like a break later for, mm-hmm. you know, midnight lunch or whatever you start with stuff like that like we need to get to know these characters and see them hanging out and having fun with each other and this is the weird dichotomy i'm gonna have with this film is like like you're saying shannon this feels like it's a bunch of people hanging out and having fun and i get that and the times where that comes across i love it but it's really slow yeah (laughs) quite sleepy and it's like this should be clerks like this should be Mm -hmm. even if it's bad just popping dialogue because even the scenes that are bad when they're talking i'm happy for it right but the amount of not talking and just wandering around right at the beginning of this movie i'm like that's crazy (laughs) yeah i made the mistake of watching this after a long day of work and i had to constantly go back and like restart a scene because i just kept nodding off it's like the music does not keep you energized either the Mm -hmm. music is just kind of you know Luring. Very lulling. I, lulling. Interesting. Thank you. That was the L word I, I was looking for. I don't think I found this section as like sleepy and boring as it sounds like y'all did. Like I definitely was like, okay, guys. Like Craig escapes the fight, right, and runs into the store, and so then it's like we all have to split up and find him. The thing that I found the most jarring about was like, why are they all so terrified of one guy, right? Because the men are like going around the store and I was like okay this is you showing us the geography of this store all the things that are going to come back I found the store itself interesting like the nooks and crannies and where they're going and all that sort of stuff so I didn't find it quite as sleepy as it sounds like y'all did I was just like why are they so scared of it wasn't necessarily like this part that I was struggling with but it's like this is not going to stop like this is a continuation of a vibe like enough funny stuff like you get the serious like Bill's guy is like in the bathroom and he has to flush there's a poop joke with flushing the toilet like there's just like for the poop joke silly (laughs) I know you hate the poop jokes but I was like just be like, oh, okay, great. We're going to use this. We're going to use this. We're going to use this. We're going to use I this. I did see myself represented but, like, in the guy who's just eating cookies out of the box. I was like, that is, a, is why I'm not allowed to work in a supermarket. Yeah. <laughs> but this is the problem. They have the right impetus, like you're saying, Shannon. All right. We've introduced people over 10 minutes quite quickly, right. but we brought them all together for this problem with Craig. And then if he disappears, then we have the excuse for them to like wander around again. But they're working in different places anyway. It's the wrong way to do it. Like, right. he is out. Like, you should, okay, we introduce Craig, check him out. Because the problem is they're, ha- they're hitting that hammer for the entire film that it's Craig, 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 that you yeah, know yeah. it can't be Craig. Like, yes. surely it can't 100%. be. 100%. But you, you get him out, you've introduced that fear, and then you have them all go back to their normal jobs. And we can introduce right. all these spaces, but without them walking around, right. yeah, like being scared, not talking. It's like, no, we need you to talk. We need to understand who you are. What are your relationships with each other? now like we need that now and we get most of that stuff coming in drips and drabs later on yes and it's frustrating to me because i'm like 
despite, yes, this is obviously still a bad movie objectively in many ways. But like you're saying, there's fun and creativity like going on here. And it's like, well, then we need all that, f- that fun now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. We need that like stepped up. I was very surprised, too, that there wasn't more use of like the speaker system throughout this film. Because like, that's a huge yeah. thing mm-hmm. at supermarkets where you like call people over the speaker. And it's like, yeah, just to keep you have to have something that kind of like umbrellas everybody and keeps them all involved in something. And I thought that while I was watching it, I was like, why isn't it just like, OK, if you see something you know, say something this way, like you need to keep them connected. And it was hard. Especially, I I couldn't keep track of who was who throughout this whole thing. Besides obviously like the managers who are very old, like much older, but besides her, the Steve guy, the rest of the guys, and then obviously like the guy with the headphones, but it was hard. There aren't that many, but it's like the guy that she's into, I feel like he's three people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, it took me a while to realize, okay, the plaid shirt's the key. Yeah. Just because he looks so generic, handsome boy, basically. Yeah. Ted Raimi, you definitely know him because he looks different and he's just basically going to spend the entire film in a different room wearing headphones and listening yeah. to the same four bars of music. I know. Over I'm loving it. He loves that song. He loves I love it. him. He's one of my favorites. But that's the thing is like who he is is so distinct right so you get that there's the one mm-hmm. guy who is eating cookies who yeah. it's hard to tell who he is i feel like he's supposed to be like a spicoli-esque sort of like guy. stonery guy yes. yeah he's a stoner guy he's yes 100 yeah. the stoner guy well, right because the wacky tabacky all that sort of stuff that they talk well, about and later because he can barely string a sentence together yeah. <laughs> he's always like guys right. what's happening yeah but like even that I feel like could be more yeah. pronounced and more you know it's one of those things where it's like if this is the film we're making where it's funny and there are like very stereotypical character dynamics and things like that then like let's go full tilt with it. Well and again just get them around that table earlier. As soon as yeah. we have them around that table I'm like cool I understand how many people there are I understand who they are. Let's yeah. do that right off the bat. Let's have that, which they kind of try to do in a minute. But anyway, but first we're going to get this walking around. Yeah, the Sona dude suggests to Linda that they go up to the attic. Because he's like, that's where I'd hide. Which, to which I was like, what? Why is yeah. there an attic in a right? so fucking weird. Bill then falls while climbing the ladder to the attic. And like a bit of it comes off, which is then never yeah. alluded to again. It's strange. And then we see Craig, who's hiding behind a warped window. Jennifer is uh, like, you know, one of the till-like windows. Mm-hmm. So he's still in the store, and she's on the phone to the cops. He grabs her. He's saying he wants his change from his pack of smokes he bought right. earlier. And then she she goes to give him his change. So he tries to kiss her, but she pulls away. So he just goes for some chin. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm just gonna make out with your chin instead. I just and love how his, in, in this idea, like, I just, just like, what is your brain process, bro? You punched her in the yep. face, right? Got thrown out of her workplace. And then you come in and you're like, oh, this is a good time for me to try and make out with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what is the best case scenario of any of this? Right? It's ridiculous. And he punched her hard because she's got nose yeah. for the rest of the movie. Yeah, for the <laughs> rest of the fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all the other dudes turn up to chuck him out. But yeah, we get some more cool creative stuff. We've got lighting here so you can see everyone in the reflection as they chuck him out mm-hmm. of yeah, the store. So they're kind of looking at him. Yeah. And then this is the moment that Bill and the uh, owner, the other owner, explain to the night crew that they decided to sell the store to the city. So you're all out of work. Yeah. Bill's clearly not happy about Steve this. Steve is, is so upset. He's like, I've been working here for three years. <laughs> right. What am I going to do? 
they all act like there's like no other possibilities in the world for them. Well, to other than do. the stone, it's like now it could go on welfare. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> awesome. To which they're all like, "Oh, that's terrible." <laughs> Uh, well, and I love them just yelling to Joe, our headphones guy. Lost your job, Joe. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't so notice. Good. He doesn't give a shit. We're gonna get a lot of POVs, obviously, of people outside walking up to things, which we men always believe it's Craig. Obviously, it's not always Craig, but sometimes it is, and that's right. kind of the beauty of the POV. It's a bit of both. Walking up to the public phone booth, Craig then rings Jennifer <laughs> because. Every other tactic hasn't worked. Right. So she just hangs up, obviously. So then the phone rings again. And then this is when Jennifer reveals that Craig has been in prison for the past 10 months. Bum, bum, for bum. Accidentally killing someone. And then one of my favorite shots in the movie, as we made shots, we just pan quickly from her talking. And he's just standing like a maniac. Yes. <laughs> Yes. the fucking front of the store peering in well even before that whenever she mentions he was in prison all the cameras like very slightly pans so that jennifer as she's talking about this is now behind bars herself as soon as she says that he was in prison all the camera pans and all of a sudden she's behind this like grate of bars or whatever that are supposed I, to be for a display and then it pans further over and then we get craig yes hit that pan to him i mean that again if you're hinging on is this meant to be funny or is it just bad that's the shot yeah. the whip pan over to him standing yes. at like 100 percent. this is for goofs yeah uh, i'm sure uh, he wants you to be scared as well as for goofs which maybe is not as effective but yeah the goofs yeah. happen i did hear a podcast i listened to where that where they were accrediting the director for some of the weird stuff he does, but then they're also criticizing. They're like, if there was just some of it, but it's so much. And I'm like, give it to me. All yeah. the creativity. Yeah. yeah. Because what else do these movies I have? I want energy, though. I like, completely that is agree. Where I'm at with this is I'm like, if that's what you need to do, like to bring some more life in here, like that's fine. Just shove you. it full. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute, this is the kind of podcast I love because I think I'm right between both of you with your experiences with this movie. <laughs> yeah. I completely agree. So yeah, turns out Craig killed someone in a fight, but on accident. <laughs> so they let him. He wrote out. a letter of apology. <laughs> it's cool. I mean, if it's on accident, it's a manslaughter, isn't it? I don't know. You'd still be out after ten months no. from a fist. Yeah, there was a no. fist fight murder, so it's like no. uh, you'd get like second degree. You you're done for a long time. Jennifer suddenly feels like she's being watched as she does this like dramatic turn, and we just whip pan to Sting on the cover magazine yes. and like war paint screaming. <laughs> yeah. Which we will cut to this in a handful of occasions throughout yeah. the rest of the And again, definitely no clearance. Sting did not no. sign off. Yeah, no. <laughs> Sting is not making residuals. Sting has, is, did not authorize his likeness Sting to be used. Sting is fine. He doesn't yeah. need their money. Listen, Sting uh, probably doesn't even know this exists. No. no. Well, I like one day if he's just like, oh, you know, flipping channels in a hotel room. <laughs> he sees his face. Boy, what, what is that? Is this? Or he just gets really down on his luck. And he has no money. And he's like, hey, guys, <laughs> I'm going right. to need the, the 10K you owe me. Right. Phone rings again. Linda picks up. It's her daddy who wants some beer. I fucking love this relationship. Oh, it's just daddy. He likes his beer. <laughs> like, sure. And then a fantastic POV shot yes. from inside a rotary phone. Rotary phone POV. Yep. I mean. What? Like, and probably to modern viewers, probably just confusing. On. They're like, what is this? What am I looking out for? It took me a second to be like, 
Oh, that's supposed to be the rotary phone. Holy shit. It's amazing. Shit. It's so amazing. Great. And then I'm and just upset effort. we don't go back to this ever again. This- like, what if the rest of the film was just the phone's point of view? I know. <laughs> that just got me thinking about that. I was like, those poor phones, like, all they ever see is, like, up our noses. Right? <laughs> I had to think about that, but then I was like, then it becomes, you know, just a found footage movie where there's just, like, weird hidden spy right. cams in places. Yes. Which you could totally do. Jennifer finds a note just on a fucking shelf that Craig apparently has put up. Yes. And I presume she's going to see it. Saying that he loves her and will do anything to get her Did back. Did you notice it's... that the note is in the toilet paper aisle? Oh, it's so fucking... It's like of all the places you could choose to put him. It's like, oh, let's put it with the toilet paper. She'll go yeah. there for sure. She's got that bloody nose. That's true. <laughs> yeah, she needs that it. He, he gave her. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's why he that's punches tactical. her in the fucking face. <laughs> like I left a note. She's not going to go there. It's like a scavenger hunt. <laughs> I need her to go find my notes. So I'm going to punch her in the nose. Mm-hmm. We get another amazing shot as he, she's sweeping it away and all the litter's on top of the camera as oh, she's sweeping. God, yes. And again, in the making off, she's it. like, yeah. She's like, these shots were tough because like, you know, you've got a tiny millimeter of sort of bracket that you've got to do your acting in and mm-hmm. what you need to do. And she talks about the crying you know reflection drops later mm-hmm. she's like it's really tough and scott just wanted things to be precise with that so you don't get much time to worry about your acting it's just like am i hitting that mark perfectly right. basically handsome quiff dave he's opening a pillbox for jennifer as sexy music is playing and then he invites her to a party and she goes yeah i'll come to your party if you're not seeing that girl anymore he's like right. yeah he's like yeah yeah not a <laughs> sure. very definite answer um, <laughs> and then he's like hey you know what like his answer basically is to like are you still dating that girl is Let's not go to the party. Let's just you and I have a date. Right. <laughs> She's like, yeah. all right. <laughs> all right. Let's go where there are no witnesses. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Bill, but meanwhile, owner of the store, he's all excited because he wants to make a display of baked beans and pineapple. <laughs> yes. I love it. Wait, what does he call it? He calls it the fart blossom. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> we are now seeing the difference in Al and Shannon's. Point yeah, of humor. Yeah. There's only of this in the National Lampoon movie. I'm out. Oh, yeah. There's going to be one whole character in National Lampoon Christmas that you're not going to like. That you are not going to be it. into. That is true. Yeah. Yep. I'll just look away. It'll be like Shannon in horror scenes. I'll just look away. <laughs> you just put the blanket over your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bill, I can't tell if this, if this is genuinely just like nice or if it's a little seedy, but Bill's telling Jennifer he can get her another job at some other store. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all the guys are definitely a little into Jennifer, all the mm-hmm. older guys anyway. And meanwhile, Linda's hanging out, chatting to the stoner, and he starts to give us some exposition because apparently he used to be friends with Craig. And he said he only started acting weird after his dad died. He got into hard drugs. And then my favorite dialogue, the entire film, quote, yeah, he and I got into it one night, and I swear to God, if my brother hadn't hit him in the head repeatedly with a blender, he would have killed me. Not just a blender, a Hamilton Beach That's what her reply is, a blender's like, yeah. Hamilton beats Bond. <laughs> As if she, and she's like, oh, explains it all. I lost my shit. The <laughs> whole film should be this though. This is the clerks. Like yes. this is that level. Like this it's is great. So good. And he's delivering it perfectly. Like just so like matter of fact. Like nothing. Like it's not weird. Just like yeah, it's a Hamilton. I fucking loved yeah. it so much. Yeah. <laughs> Beat him repeatedly in the head with it. Like that's fucking tough to do. Yeah. But yeah, now it's break time, so we're going to get that scene. We're all hanging out. And again, like, we need this right at the beginning. There's a reason most slashes, you do this right at the beginning. You have the campfire story at the beginning of the movie. And Bill's going to tell this story about being a voluntary fireman. 
and this headless corpse but they couldn't find a head and then his partner goes looking for the head still eating the hamburger that he'd brought along and then he comes back with the head while still eating the hamburger and everyone's like oh it's, it's terrible this is apparently i don't remember this is stolen from like a nicholas cage movie i think it was yeah raising arizona oh, this story is taken arizona? from raising oh, you're arizona right. yeah holy shit fucking crazy and they just take it yeah <laughs> they're like that works for what we need I mean, I don't know how this movie was allowed to be released. Now, the police finally turn up, and they use inverted commas, banging on the door. Officer Dalton and Officer Matthews. This is where you might become clear that Sam Raimi and all of his friends, as they always have been, really into the Three Stooges. (laughs) So we're going to get some real goofball police comedy, which reminds me a little bit of, we mentioned earlier, Halloween 5, and the two fucking policemen in that that would walk with... Every time they take a step and were directed to walk like penguins, really upset me in Halloween. Here, it upsets me a little bit, but it's definitely more in tone. Yeah, we get this weird card joke where the cop gives Bill, here's my card. And then he takes out the wrong one, but they don't show what it is. Like, the joke is to show something inappropriate. Yeah. (laughs) But he decides, oh no, that's not my card. But I, yes, I, I agree. I was like, I feel like they missed the joke, but I also am just like, oh, you're just showing us that these cops are bumbling idiots really stupid yeah yeah well and then even bill because they hand it to bill bill's looking at it and then he turns it around the other way he's like oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah everyone's an idiot <laughs> which meanwhile the other cop is just staring at jennifer i had to rewind this scene to go like was he doing that the whole scene and when you rewind he's like yep he's yep. just staring off camera but just at it the whole time which then after they leave she's finding like adorable because she's sort of smiling about it. oh yeah always staring at me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're going to keep getting these POV shots from outside. Renee then goes to load up a car because her daddy hates it when she's home late without his fucking beer. Yeah. (laughs) But she gets gut and we get some creative editing, which we would applaud it in another shitty slasher movie. Here it just seems, yeah, this is par for the course. A knife cuts into her as it's cutting into a watermelon. Loved it. Ted Raimi is hacking away like a fucking maniac. (laughs) This is not an okay way to your watermelon. No. I wrote down here, he's constantly on his headphones, so you know at some point they're going to play with he's not able to hear something. Nope. No, no. they never do. It's crazy. <laughs> like, why else have this character doing I that? mean, I get, I, like, the way he gets got has to do with his headphones or, like, use yeah. that sort of. a little yeah. bit. No, it's not, really. not I mean, you could easily just have it. Yeah. Well, that's kind of, like, a recurring thing of this movie, right? Is that, like, especially they set up all of this stuff in the beginning with that, you know, we're, hun- we're hunting for Craig sort of thing. They don't end up using half of the stuff that they show us, right? Like, no. right. So this is where we can get the animosity as Bill's fighting with Danny about signing the contract at the store. And Danny's just like, just fucking sign it. I don't know why I kept just wanting to see Danny redone in a remake of this with Daniel Day-Lewis playing him. <laughs> He's got this sort of like, yeah, I feel like you could just have an incredible actor. In her. Yeah. You have like the there will be blood sort of mentality here. Right. Yeah. Like, I need like, my money. Yeah. There's oil under There's this oil under this. And as Bill leaves all upset, he slams the door and then a photo, this is how on the nose this one, a photo falls to the floor, right. which has both in a minute and the glass cracks between them. <laughs> and then we get another POV shot. This time we are the wastebasket as it gets. Yes. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm loving this idea of doing like POVs of inanimate objects yep. around the store. Yeah. And, for, I think and this is to be great. clear, nowadays this is easier, but this is a 35 millimeter camera. These right. are proper setups. Yeah. This takes fucking time out of your day yeah. to yeah, each of these. 
Bill's walking around with a hammer menacingly. And this is where it's kind of weird because they make it look like he is like, oh, like, I don't know. Even at this point, my first time was like, it's, it's okay. Is he the one that's actually going to end up being the killer? But then something falls, which he jumps to, which I feel immediately, yeah, dispels any suspicion mm-hmm. because you're like, oh, okay. He's, he gets spooked. Yeah. We get a doorknob being turned, camera in POV from the doorknob turns yes. as it turns <laughs> and then resets. Love it. Meanwhile, Jennifer's taken her top off, but not all the top because, again, bras confirmed. Wow. Because wow. uh, right. she got blood on her top from earlier, which in any other slasher movie, I do feel like, yeah, that's why you give her a nosebleed. So then she's got to get a top off. Right. <laughs> but in well, this one. Also, like yeah. the most aggressive nosebleed. It's like going down her neck. <laughs> Hey, man, this is a guy who can take a fucking blender to the head repeatedly. <laughs> he can fucking punch abroad, let me yeah, tell you. Yeah, he fucked that girl up. <laughs> I just kept wondering if she was like, what is that where your blood doesn't clot? Oh, I yeah, was like, hemophiliac. Is she, is she okay? Like, is she gonna, does she need to go yeah. to the hospital? Right? Does she need an adult? What is yeah. happening? <laughs> Bill finds Craig peeking in on her. So they get into it outside and then Craig smacks him in the face with Bill's hammer. And it's where we're going to leave Bill for a while. He'll just keep coming back. Yeah, they're hoping we're going to forget about him and just presume he's dead in an ineffective kill. Now, the co-owner, he gets got as we get another fucking cool shot through his green bottle of booze, which is partly done to disguise the identity of the killer. They do a great job of disguising the identity. Mm -hmm. You know it's a guy. That's the only thing you know. And then he switches on the Tannoy as he's getting killed, but no one seems to really give a shit. <laughs> like, they don't really. They're just like, oh, yeah. crazy, yeah. crazy guy on the Tannoy. And then, yeah, the phone rings again. Jennifer picks it up. It's Teddy, who I presume is Linda's dad. Yeah. Because uh, he wants his damn beer. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, oh, hey, Teddy. And the co-owner gets killed, we think, but he doesn't get killed. I feel this would kill you. Yeah, I think it, I think <laughs> this is confusing. Also, this is my literal nightmare. Those like the paper stab <laughs> things, the way that yep. he dies, oh, right. that is forced to stab it. Like literally waiting tables, going to the bar and having to stab your tickets ever like so often. I'm like, oh, this is it. I'm going to trip and fall and like get this fucking thing in my eye. So the fact that this, <laughs> this is, is what they did, go. I was like, no, this is my nightmare. <laughs> it's an but yes, like he's, Joker in Dark Knight. I would think that this would kill you and then I agree I was very confused by like and he's alive again later because yeah. it's really long it's like it's not even it a small is. pencil this would go straight in your brain yeah yeah. so we think he dies his hands on the calculator machine thing giving us a nice extra little layer to his death still mm-hmm. tapping away taxes mm-hmm. and then red blood drips onto the light and the whole room turns red again really for no reason like yeah. it's just a nice I mean, it looks cool it does look cool it does They'll keep coming back to this as well. Yeah. He likes this a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And this is where we get Jennifer leaning into the sink, is it? And she's like, but we're in the POV of the sink. What is it she's leaning into? No, I think it's her bucket. She's leaning into yeah, like oh, the bucket course. she's going to clean the oh, conveyor yeah. belt with. Yeah. Yeah. For the yeah. for a lot of the movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. No wonder she's night crew. It takes her all <laughs> fucking night to just wipe down one square foot of anything. Yeah, she's really not great at her job. (sighs) Now, in the making of, she's claiming in the way she talks about it, so these are real tears, and it was really hard because she had to direct her tears into this bucket. Weird. I find that hard to believe. I I feel like these are tears you place in your eyes, and then you're trying to squeeze them out in the right place in the bucket. But either way, hard to aim, so well done. Quiff guy spooks her. 
and then she just hugs him immediately yeah and then freaks out immediately <laughs> in some really not great acting this is such a weird yes it's scene. so weird this whole it's so fucking weird thing and then if craig's into her chin this guy's into her nose so he just starts yep. kissing him <laughs> right yeah so weird and then they get kissy kissy which i would leave for another night since her murdering boyfriend is in the right? store yeah but whatever yeah well, I guess she doesn't know that yet. They think he's gone. No, yeah, I'm talking but about from his perspective. What has happened to her <laughs> right, thus far exactly. this evening is like, give yeah. her some space. Listen, on all of these films, nobody responds to trauma appropriately. No, no. no. Future <laughs> but trauma as well. They start like, just making out on the conveyor belt. And I was like, girl, you've got a lot of hair. Like, aren't you worried yeah. about it getting caught in this belt? Yeah, absolutely. Well, this other guy who's like stalking like 10 seconds it looks like he's jerking off yeah like while watching them yeah it definitely does that and then i don't know if they edited it or something where they're like oh we don't want to do that but you can definitely tell there was a shot of where they're like this would be funny and this is what you would be doing right sure because two people making out is that exciting yeah (laughs) Yeah. and this is the guy that i'm always confused about this is the one who adds the extra like who because he looks similar to the guy she's into and he oh, has okay. absolutely no character development no, whatsoever. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> like everyone um, else, to some degree, there are like little things. You know, you got the cute one, you got the headphones one, you got the store one. Raimi. This guy is just like, he stocks beer. <laughs> yeah. He's exactly. very about the beer. Yeah. He's like, I think he would have been the party guy, but he's just not. He's yeah. He's already right. got a gun on. Sam Raimi's eating olives from a jar which has an eyeball in it. I, I don't, I, I presume this is. Co-owners eyeball, but like, I when guess, would they have set the, this up? I was like, how is this? How did this eyeball wind up? And I feel like they were like, oh, we should put an eyeball in the olive jar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a very small eyeball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then we get, but we get again some good bits of direction. He opens the door. We see like three knives as he's opening it. He closes it. There are only two knives. Mm-hmm. And we do get that sort of shing noise yeah. as one's taken. We get some creative editing here as Ted Raimi's taken out. He's swinging a large kitchen knife back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then a killer swings one into his head at the exact same moment as he's swinging it. And then as he falls to the floor, there's a sign that reads, knives are sharp. Please be careful. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) And then we just, yeah, go from that to like really fast editing as that guy who we're not sure who he really is, is cutting open. I think it's him. Or maybe it's the other one. Who fuck knows? One of those two. Cutting opening a box. And with each cut he does, it goes like, doop, doop, doop like cuts in on him mm-hmm. which is like again this takes i mean not that much time but enough time it's like most people wouldn't bother yeah and, and he's he's getting messed with by the stoner dude who wants his cutter so they're going to introduce this weird dynamic as well with like the cereal box that keeps falling on him which <laughs> which never really gets explained yeah. which i kind of like i don't know it was yeah. like it made no sense and if you're like break it down as to why this is happening it's like this, this shouldn't be here but it's like happens. just this weird idea that somebody had where they're like what did it just Maybe it is like a stock boy thing where they're like so annoying every now and then things just fall down. I'll tell you what it is. If he was paying enough attention, it's Matthew McConaughey at the end of Interstellar <laughs> just trying to communicate. Got it. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I think it's meant to be that our like stoner boy is messing with him, right? So it's just like hijinks and then it gets back and it's the murderer. But, it keeps, but then it keeps happening. Yeah, it happens, it happens later in the to movie. the murderer later, though does it yeah yeah it's a weird thing where you're just like well then what is that 
And right. I'm telling you, nobody it's says. It's well, like maybe it's never. because in the shot earlier, Stoner Boy is like stocking everything, and you can see that he's just like thrown shit behind. Oh There's my like god, the, I know. The front facing layer looks nice, and then everything is just like thrown behind there. So maybe that's what it is. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But anyway, this guy's going to get got. He gets a fucking fountain of blood from his stomach. The largest kitchen knife goes in. Yep. Then we're going to introduce our nowhere to bandsaw because that's yep. going to be needed in that latest. We get yeah. one cursory shot of the chicken skin cut in half. Which bandsaws are terrifying. Like I've worked in a butcher shop and they're, yeah. I mean, you talk about the, the hand thing with the paper mm-hmm. stabbers, like the ticket stabbers. Mm-hmm. Bandsaws are the bandsaws yeah. are scary things. This is the part where just, I was like, I mean, there really are just a million ways to die in this fucking store. Yeah, and I, I definitely made the note where I was like, it's mm-hmm. kind of like when you watch those lame safety videos in restaurants or in supermarkets. So I was like, this is why they're telling you could potentially happen and why right. you need to uh, yeah, like, listen to these videos. <laughs> yeah, it's like, this is the absolute is worst happen. case scenario if, if you don't listen to the safety video. Right. Did I send that text before you'd seen the film or afterwards, Shan? Uh, you sent it before I'd seen the film because I only okay, watched good, good. it yesterday. Did it help your anticipation? <laughs> well, because I had the actual Blu-ray, I looked at the back cover because you sent me that text. And so then I looked at the back cover and it describes it as like an intense gore. Like, so I knew it was going to be gory. Right, But it also says on the DVD from the producer for all of all of Tarantino's films. So I kind of prepared myself for like Tarantino-esque gore, which that doesn't particularly bother me Mm. because it goes to a place that is ridiculous, right? And so this also goes to a place that is ridiculous. And because we have absolutely no character development whatsoever, I don't give a shit that any of these people are being brutally murdered. Well, that's true of most slasher films. Come on. <laughs> yeah, um, yes, but it's also, it's different. We'll talk, we'll get into it. We will, we will, we will. Yeah, Stoner Curtain's guy. Now, you guys recognize this scene, right? Because we use it quite a lot on our yearly... Uh, we have an annual oh, little yeah. bit of festival we hold at our house, and I make little stingers for turning off your fucking phone, and this is one of them. It is Stoner Curtain's guy finding Tim behind a beer aisle and then getting dragged through yep. into there. We, we use this one quite a bit. And then he gets his head all squished. Mm-hmm. It's very fake, but it's quite a lot of fun. There's yeah. a lot of blood and that goes I over. And I also there. appreciate... And they do this with a lot of... with um big knife whatever later that like they are smashing his face halfway through as opposed to like the whole face right so you although it looks super fake you aren't seeing them like smash at the neck it's smashing like into his fucking face because it looks more visceral Yeah. yeah it really it does Sam Raimi then is cling filming the camera, which I love as he's just like cling filming stuff. And then he finds a cling filmed hand, which again, I don't know when this killer's getting the time to do this stuff. Right. This killer but is a very fine. busy. Then he just gets got, he just gets hooked. We're, yep. we're going to see it more later, to be honest. Jennifer, meanwhile, still cleaning that till. That's going to keep happening. Mm-hmm. Which again, like this is like, could be so funny. And I mean, I guess yeah. they are trying coming, to make yeah. it really funny, but it's like, yeah, it I needs to be Honestly, pushed. Just like you just got to, yeah. I don't know. She's meant to be uh, lead and we're really not with her much for this right. second yeah. act. The severed hand then drops into the lobster tank, which honestly, I'm mildly worried all those lobsters would have died. Oh, yeah, they're dead. They're 100% this. dead. Yep. I mean, if it was a real human hand, they would be fine because they would just eat it. But yeah. 
if you're putting a bunch of like food coloring and shit in there yeah that's they're dead. not good they're dead so the handsome guy he that she's in he gets cut with his cutter and he goes looking for a band-aid and he's really fucking weird POV shot yeah. from his perspective as he looks at himself in the mirror, which is like for people who don't know, it's it's you know it takes a lot more of a setup than you might think. It's kind of mm-hmm. tricky. No, it's not tricky, but you know you do actually have to set things up and rig it. But then he's calling out for his friends while looking at himself in the mirror, which makes no as if they're in the mirror. It's weird. It's so fucking weird. Which again, that scene to me just pulls like everything about this film to the context. Like the directors are like, this would be cool. We could do that trick where you're like in the POV, but you can't see the camera, and we're gonna put him behind the actual mirror. And at no point did it cross his mind like, yeah, but this makes no sense. Right. (laughs) The actual scene. It's like, yeah, but it will look cool. Just do it. He finds severed feet, but thinks it's a prank. Right. He thinks they are like pig feet well, or something. Pig's feet. It's like, not, there's clearly an ankle, buddy. <laughs> in human and shoes. And in shoes. What the fuck? Well, I mean, I guess you could put, like, if you had pig's trotters, because you, like, that's a normal one, and then right. you just, like, put them in shoes. Like, Yes, that has to be what he, he like thinks this, that like, they are, but it was still like... <laughs> no, I'm not saying that yeah. that is real, like that they... But if they were doing... I mean, it's like Terror Train, where they're doing these pranks to each other in relation right. to their careers. Sure, sure. Like, it totally... But, that's what, but we need you, more of that in the beginning. Exactly. If we had had that initial again, vibe of like, yeah. yeah, these old guys, they all play pranks on each other and yeah. have fun and stuff, this would be much more effective. Right, yeah. But then some spooky sounds lead him up to the attic. We get a classic kind of scene. He's looking around, or Halloween masks and a slow pan. And then the boss with his skewered eye, apparently not dead, uh, reaching out from him. And then he looks down. There are a lot of ways to look down into the store. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So they can always just see Jennifer or whatever's about to happen. She's still scrubbing away like the good cleaner she is. But Craig is there behind her. And then for some reason, I don't know why, but this poor guy gets the nastiest kill in the entire film. The bandsaw kill, which... Again, Greg uh, Nicotero was was involved in the effects on this. This is very early in his career. You get to see... I mean, they don't go so far as as putting in like enamel or anything. So you don't get the chunkiness of actual bone. But this bandsaw going through just above the teeth... It's the Apparently, the I, was like, oh. I think it was a hair and makeup lady actually started crying and left the set just even as they were shooting it because it was too like upsetting to look at. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll get into it at the end, but a lot of this movie was cut, obviously. And this scene, yeah, it's only like, it's very nice now we get to see the full thing wow. in this Blu-ray. But. This is where I write, I hate you, Al. He just sliced <laughs> through his fucking face. It's legitimately pretty horrible. It, it is. Terrible. Um, it is. It is. And this film needed more of that. Yes. Yep. James, I was just here screaming, like, oh, God, no, he's doing, what is he, oh, his fucking face, his fucking face, that's his fucking face. <laughs> oh, I'm sad I didn't get to watch it with you, Shannon. I know. It's the fact they cut to that wide of his body that's yeah. actually quite effective. Yeah. Like, anyway, this is what Jennifer goes to find Dave and then realizes, oh, everyone, everyone went. <laughs> And we yeah. just get to watch her wander around the store for well, seven minutes or whatever I, it is. Yeah, this is when I paused the film because I was like, everyone is dead except for Jennifer. How much of this fucking movie is left? And I realized there was still like 30 minutes left of mm-hmm. this movie or something. I was like, the, and I just got really upset because I was like, God damn it. She's so boring. I don't want to watch <laughs> her for the next like 30 minutes. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Well, you're going to have to. And yeah, you're also going to have to watch a shot, which the first time they did it, I love it. We get this nice reflection shot with the seven hand in a red lobster tank as mm-hmm. she walks by in blue. But they're going to do this three times. <laughs> yeah, so many times. She treads on the eyeball, but doesn't seem to notice. She kind of does, but also is like, oh, 
Right? Yeah. She had an eyeballs all the time in this story. But then she does notice Randy's corpse and we get one of her four screams. I don't know if I can say which one. They do show in, in the making of as she talks through it. They cut to an example of each of the screams. I've forgotten which one hmm. this one is. Hmm. She gets chased and uses Randy's body to help block the door. Um, which is pretty And funny. then heads. <laughs> yeah. She's yeah. like, it's like obviously not effective. <laughs> she just keeps yeah. shoving it <laughs> against pushing, the yeah. door. <laughs> yeah and then she heads up to the manager's office backs away and then falls down that chute that we've introduced a few times yeah we get like a spread leg shot as she like falls into camera with her legs yeah. open mm-hmm. as we see dave in a trash cam and that's where she starts screaming because she's going to find all them bodies i will say they're a little bit more unlike most slasher movies where you get to this point and the final girl's running around the house finding the bodies normally it's like a fun house here it's like it is but it kind of makes sense chuck that one in yeah. the trash that one's still hanging that one's got a severed bit here. Yeah. And there's um, fun, like, little gags in it, too. Again, I love the sight gags in this film. Like, with the smash stuff, they zoom in on things like uncrushable box. Yes. Like, yeah. all of this stuff. And it's clearly been crushed. Like, all of this stuff. It's been fun. Yeah. I, yeah. It yeah. does. I am, at this point, going, like, because now we're seeing pieces of bodies everywhere, right? Which means that this killer has used that bandsaw to just, like, cut everything into little pieces and then put them around the store for fun i was like where the fuck who has the time who has the yeah. time Ted also like, like the smaller pieces you get on a bandsaw the more dangerous it becomes mm-hmm. <laughs> like when you're doing big pieces of things it's different yeah very true she finds yeah the, the severed face not head but like the one that's been cut in half put back Ugh. together but is skewed in the beer fridge that she's hiding it looks pretty cool it does. It looks so cool. And it's such a good detail that it's been put back together, but like slightly off. Like, yeah. love that. Yeah. And what I love is a new customer drives up to the front yes! and almost walks into the glass. Like, oh, they're closed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense because they have the automatic door. So he expects them to open. Yeah. Yeah. But well, isn't it just, like yeah. one in the morning? At this point? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And this is, who did I say uh, was the, 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 the townie and car? This is Greg Nicotero, maybe? Yeah, it's That'd someone the that's like, car. yeah. Yeah, but she's there, though, like, she runs up after them, but they don't see her. And then Craig is there with her, so she turns around, hooks him in the neck. Mm-hmm. And then she's so sad, she just starts crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I love him so much. <laughs> Bill then appears. Now. We forgot all about him, right? Did we think he was dead? Oh, I no. I knew this turn was happening from the minute we didn't see him die right. <laughs> outside. So I was anticipating all of this. Yeah. So well, as soon as problem, we saw him, I just went, yep, right. Because <laughs> other slasher films, you don't see the kills always. So you could get away with it. Right. Like, oh, okay, he's dead. But this film, it's showing you the kills, which, yes. Yeah. yeah. You, could, you could think about it. I, don't, I can't remember if I noticed the first time or not. I think I did kind of forget about him, but... Yeah, but he says, don't worry, I'm going to call the police. Gives her a hug. Obviously very creepy straight away. Super creepy. But they're going to play it as if we're not meant to suspect him yet. Craig's eyes are going to open. Then Jennifer realizes gradually that she's covered in blood from the hug with Bill. And this is where the flip's going to change. We're going to get crazy, Bill. Yeah. Who chases her. We get this cool tracking shot as he jumps from till to till to till. It's really nice. Um, I was more just watching this scene and I was like, man, this would be so much fun. Because you get to do yeah. all those things that you wish you were able to do in a grocery store. And then you're just like, I want to run across the top of all of the checkout stands and be right. like, all right, we'll throw that in. And now you'd have a stunt person for this, like back then, yeah. 100% yeah. just doing it. 
Um, well, you can always also just imagine them like testing it, being like, well, can you get it in one leap? And then he's like, yeah, if I get enough momentum, I can like, boom, 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 get all the way across. It's, it's a just, good shot. And you yeah. know, they just put that fucking camera in a trolley or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No... I know the grocery or the shopping carts would be amazing for track. And shop. here's where he gives his reason for all of the kills. I'm just crazy about this store. All right. <laughs> this store so much. Which is, then also the tagline on the poster, which is weird. Yeah, just to really let you know why. Right. Uh, who the killer is. Look, again, they don't care. Neither should we. But a, a big problem with the movie. Like, it makes sense killing the co-owner. Right. Doesn't make sense. He's, he seems at the beginning to genuinely love the store, which obviously does, and to care about these kids who are working there. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. People like, because he just says, I guess I just got carried away. <laughs> right. I kept waiting for us to like find out that he's got some like mental background or whatever that he just like snaps. He's never been hit in the head with a blender as far as we know. Right. Well, and like, I feel like there could have been something too with that whole story he talks about as being a volunteer fireman in the beginning, right? Of the guy with the hamburger and the head. Like, there could have been some, like, we get more of that story where we find out well, something. But like, there's just nothing. Do. I'm Because go- he's going to do that story again in a bit. Right. And I think that maybe, and again, I don't think they really yes. care. But I think the implication is the story was about him. He yes. was the one who actually did that. Yes. I completely agree. That's what I was thinking too, is like, oh, he must have been. But then like, that still doesn't really tell us very much about no. him or why he <laughs> would be doing this. Other yeah. than the fact nothing that. Nothing about anyone potentially he's crazy great i mean he's 100 percent crazy yeah we get another cool shot for a bottle which is all warped and cool she then grabs two blades bill's tracking her though but then stops to tidy up some of the mess i love that really... when he's like oh you knocked over the toilet paper i'm just gonna <laughs> clean up <laughs> and then jennifer's trying to break out the front door and then the bakery delivery comes oh, yeah. or he's like so <laughs> chipper he's like hello <laughs> I've been up since two in the morning. Right? He gets killed straight away and he gets an extra little conk on the head as well just to see him down. And then Bill chases after and starts using Danny's head as a puppet. So he's like taking the skull out or something because he's fucking making the mouth move. Yeah, he's making the mouth move. (laughs) (laughs) Insane. She goes to stab him. He grabs the massive kitchen knife by the blade, which is clearly, you know, reflective. Tim yeah. yeah. Um, but that's also like I was like, that's the most psychopath thing that has happened in this whole film. That he grabs this massive knife by the blade. Yeah. Like that's the most terrifying thing a fucking killer can do. I was <laughs> half like expecting though, palm. like at least one of his fingers to like come off because he just yeah. like holds onto it. Like you can see his hand shaking. Ugh. I was like, man, that would be insane if he just like grabbed it so hard he like Yeah. Yeah cut all of his fingers has to like off. Put, if he gets really stuck in he has to pull yeah. it out yeah and it's where he does that scene he's got the head in one hand sandwich in the other and yep. he's sort of telling that story again and then she runs sort of yeah uh, it's like <laughs> Which, but it's so strange because whenever the car is pulling up to the store to be, like earlier the stranger is coming to see if the store is still open she books it which I oh, fucking yeah. appreciate. She books it to that front. And now we're getting the like, oh no, I can't, no, yeah. I can't run. Like, I honestly think though this, I, I could blame this on her. I think what this is, is because they're doing this tracking shot yeah. on the other yeah. side of the aisles. I yeah. think it's like, oh shit, you ran too fast. Slow it down yes. for us. Like we can't like catch you. Fast. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think that's exactly what it is. 
Because she just um, showed us she's willing to book it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Craig then appears, and now he's just the nicest guy. He's just like, yeah, really, he's, yeah. he's like, oh man, I was just trying to do this. I don't, don't worry, I'm not going to make out with your chin again. He tells her about the bathroom window, gives her that bit of exposition, and then Bill just starts clubbing him with Danny's head <laughs> over and yep. over and over again. Guy's poor head. So she doesn't try to save it. She's like, right, I'm out. Yep. <laughs> See you later. Peace out. Says a sensible thing, runs off, gets to the bathroom window, climbs out of it. The only bit I'm tense, to be honest, in this movie, because I'm always tense when someone's like climbing out yeah, of something. Yeah, me too. I just don't like that feeling. I don't like it when someone's walking upstairs behind me. Mm-hmm. Like just in just everyday life. <laughs> upsets me. She goes that for the car. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm always letting people go. No, please, you first. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's why when I'm walking uh, behind you, you're always like, what are you doing? I'm get out. Get out from back there. Following you. <laughs> Renee's body falls out of the car and then Bill grabs Jennifer by the legs, drags her under this car. He's just like warping to places yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Though. He's just suddenly under this car. Jennifer though, stabs him in the chest. Yeah, and which I love. I so appreciate this. Bo- the body of her friend falls out of the co- out of the car. There's a giant knife in it. She gets grabbed, and so in my brain, I was like, "You better grab that knife, bitch! You better grab that knife, bitch!" And she grabbed the knife. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so often they don't do the things that I am yelling at them to do, and this she did it. She did it, and I love when he falls and hits the floor. The blade launches into the yeah. air. Yeah. And then land sticking into the box next to him. Again, add so much time to your day. Right. Not necessary at all. But a weird and great little moment. Yeah. And then we go, yeah, a, a shot that I genuinely love. It's a small one, but like the, the camera's inside the phone booth shooting through the window. And then as she runs towards the phone booth, the camera pulls backwards and then back into it again as she goes in. It's like really nice. Mm-hmm. And then she calls the police, which you just run away. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. yeah. You get as far I mean, away I from that as possible. Bother. I mean, I think they are implying that this is a small community. So okay. I, maybe we don't so know how like far place, she would have yeah. to go. Yeah, but yeah. I think like okay. even without realizing why you're doing it. And again, this doesn't play into what this film is doing. It's like if that level of trauma has happened to you, like you just get away from it. Right. I would also double tap, bitch. Oh, yeah, for sure. Double tap. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially when the knife for comes flying sure. out of your victim and right. lands somewhere else, you then replace it back in. Yeah. If there's anything I have learned from any of or watching any of these films is that if anyone tries to attack me and I successfully stab them, I'm not going to give up with just one stab. I'm going to, like, go psycho. And everyone's heard this. This is admissible to the courts. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, it's a, it, it's all been in self-defense, okay? Sure, you sure. double tap. Bill crashes through the phone booth, makes like a hole in it, and then he goes for the front door of it. She yes! locks herself inside. He pushes it over, which yep. is fucking great. Right. That's what James, James is watching at this point. And he comes over and he's like, wait. He made a hole in the phone booth. Well, why is it impossible for him to get through this front door now all of a sudden? <laughs> yep. And it's purely so she can have something to climb out of. Right. Although, apparently, when they were shooting this, it was really hard for her to get out of that hole. Like, it was such a like difficult space to like, move your mm. body around it. So they did so many takes of this. And of his own admission... He quite candidly says, Bill says that when it got to like the whatever number of take and he was like getting in there, he bit her on the ass. And then he said the next take, she got out. Holy shit. <laughs> yep. 
So I don't think you'd be allowed to do that now. But again, uh, there's just a bunch of people hanging out, making a movie, whatever. I don't know. Oy. So yeah, that's why when you watch the take, you could see like she's like getting out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, Craig appears, grabs the cleaver, starts hacking away at Bill. This looks fucking... I mean, this would be painful if he wasn't just like nudging him with the hilt. Right. <laughs> right. And then we get them standing there, Jennifer's reflection in the cleaver, again, painstakingly kind mm-hmm. of set up as they're waiting for the cops to turn up. The cops turn up and who is it? It's Bruce Campbell. Yay! Which again, I remember the first time I watched this movie. When they advertised this movie, it was starring Bruce Campbell. Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> and I spent a whole movie just going like, do I not know what Bruce Campbell looks like? I did the same thing with the beer guy. The whole time I was like, am I just looking at like a really young not fully formed bruce campbell like i know i was doing this the exact same thing i was like he's got to be one of these supermarket yeah nope i was that's like the way he was speaking i was like man maybe his voice has really changed (laughs) yep like and it's still you could blink and miss him at the end because it's like they don't get a close-up on him but it's definitely him and you know who the other cop is Mm -mm. this is lawrence bender Ah. Uh, which is probably why he feels comfortable smashing his girlfriend's face into the right? car. I, I was like, they are true. being very rough with her. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, he's probably getting out some pent up aggression because she's spent the movie making out with some dude, <laughs> some I handsome guess. guy. <laughs> like, like, we did not agree to this, Scott. <laughs> you were laughing too much. <laughs> all of this chin and nose kissing (laughs) because then he fucking he wails on craig as well yeah Yeah. he does but bill's still just about alive and he's like they killed everybody and the cop's like these damn fucking kids right so bloodbath Um, in there so they arrest them both and this is where it gets fucking weird for the last two seconds of the movie because bill opens his eyes which is like well i thought he was still alive anyway because he was just talking right and then we zoom into her mouth as she screams, but without seeing Bill open his eyes. And Lawrence Bender is standing behind just like wagging his finger as he reads yeah. her, her rights in the most mechanical, stupid way yeah. ever, where it looks like he's just miming. Yeah. It's so weird. Apparently, though, Spiegel's original idea for this that they didn't get to do was he wanted a camera to go inside her mouth... Yes. Go all the way down her body yes. into her heart, and the final shot of the movie would be her heart stopping beating. Again, makes no sense, but fucking there for that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we should steal that now and do that in a different movie. Yeah. And that's what this movie would need at the end, like in a kind of what the fuck it like what? <laughs> but yeah. why like, is that's she a dead, cool though? final moment. Why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? I don't know. And that's but... it, that's the movie, guys. We're out. Well we did it. So, like, when they came to release it, uh, they didn't get a cinematic release. As far as I know, it just went straight to, to VHS. And it was cut so fucking much that it barely made sense. I'm sure. They took out so much of it. People got really angry. And to be honest, it makes sense now that this is a film that kind of disappeared for a long time. Because, like, you imagine this movie without the gore. <laughs> oh, yeah. That- it would just be a lot of long, slow people. Yeah, it would be around. very boring. Tarantino, though, uh, he told Spiegel, uh, he gave him some advice. And this is like right early, obviously, a few years after the film came out, but right early in Tarantino's career. He said, you should go to the video stores, rent out all of the versions of your video, and then re-record over them with your uncut version that you have. Oh, <laughs> my God. That's brilliant. Yes, that is brilliant. What Scott Spiegel didn't do. But, yeah, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that does sound like something Tarantino would do. 
Yeah. And I just love, you could totally tell, like, this sort of vibe. They didn't know him at this point, but, like, a year later, they're going to be, or two years later, going to be hanging out with Tarantino. And, you know, that would be so crazy sense. now, because the equivalent of that now is, like, if you buy your own films on Amazon and then re, or, like, edit them and then resell them as a second party seller on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's like, you get, uh, like, the, the weird uncut version. That would be amazing. Yeah, that's true. The music in this movie is all fucking over the place. The bits where it's really boring, the bits where it's really cool, like some big bits of strings. A bunch of this mu- music, like w- some of it, uh, the actual th- main theme was from a film called Transformations. It's from the year prior that they somehow weird. took. I don't know how. It does feel like a mash of stuff. It's very weird. And this entire movie, apparently, I only found one source for this, but the entire movie was apparently shot using short ends, which for anyone listening who don't know, are just like all the bits left over during a normal shoot from your rolls of film oh really which means they're all of the like the, the cheapest bits that normally might be already previously exposed they might have problems with them you know they've been handled yeah and it's like if you want to make a movie on the super super cheap that's what you do and you risk it and you might end up not having shots or whatever i don't know if that's true or not i didn't see many artifacts on this it looked pretty nice um, mm-hmm. in this cleaned up blu-ray yeah but that's what they say it's impressive if that's the case yeah i know me too yeah, and also, if you wanted the hint for the killer, the name of the killer, Bill Roberts, was actually used in the head in the hamburger story in Raising Arizona. Um, oh. So they, he is actually the person who does that in the Raising Arizona. So there you go. Guys, well done. We finished another we series. It. I think I'm getting an idea for how everybody feels about this movie. Next week's going to be a fucking nightmare putting all these movies in order. Tell yeah, you what. yeah it really will. Very true. I feel, like, listen, in this moment, I feel clear-ish. But who knows? I really don't. I really don't, because again, you're judging everything against each other in different ways. But that's next week's problem. For now, what about Intruder? Katie Watson. I I knew (laughs) you were going to choose me because I was mid-yawn. Yeah, I've kind of voiced already how I feel about it in that it is a ton of fun, but it needed to be annied up, in my opinion. Like It just needed a little bit more of a push in both directing of the actors and dialogue and just fun like it just because you're you're getting that that sense of what shannon was saying where it just feels like a bunch of really good friends who are talented just like hey let's go make a movie and like this is what happens but it's without editing and it's without somebody who's like oh we need to actually be speaking in this point you know because we we know each other but we need the it's like without caring about what your audience is feeling while you're watching a movie and like that is part that you obviously have to take that into consideration when you're building that but the effects were amazing I loved like the bandsaw kill is gnarly and so surprising but yeah it just was like it just all the POVs I, I loved it Bruce Campbell for four seconds amazing yeah there was just like a little bit too many people and not enough of just a clerk's sort of jolt in here. I just wanted a little bit more, which is like not a bad thing, but it, it was really fun. I love the setting. I love supermarkets already, let alone a retro 80s supermarket. I just wanted to go and hang out in it. And I was like, I knew exactly what that space was like. And all the characters were there. They just weren't developed enough. Like I needed them to be more caricatures of themselves. And it just wasn't quite there. But I love it. Like, I would watch this and recommend it all the time. Like, it's great. Hmm. So, 
Tokyo that's not what I thought. I, that's not the vibe I was getting from you. It think. was very slow, yeah. but it, like it needed, it just needs editing and it needs an injection of some energy. And I would really sure, love sure. it. Sure, sure, sure. Shannon. I fucking loved this movie. <laughs> oh my God. You never God. said that about any film. I've that never. Whatever. I mean, she listen. said that about Slumber Party Basker 2 or whatever it that's was. True. Mm. That's true. That is true. Which the is more incorrect. ridiculous, the better. So here's the thing. And we'll probably, we'll get into this a little bit more next week, I think. But in terms of like scoring and rating these films, right? Because they're objectively terrible. Like all of them. All the movies that we have watched are objectively <laughs> terrible in this round right so one of the things that i have been thinking just, about, just be clear to our listeners because i've said this and some people got upset at me when we say objectively we're just talking about from a practical filmmaking point of view yes. in terms of like yeah not in terms of if you enjoy the movie or not yeah right? yeah in terms of there are, and there are different things that are like wrong with each one right but so much of for me is like okay if there was a take two like if we were to redo this film and take some of the things that we've learned like we've learned you know okay we could inject some energy and speed it up and things like that how much more solid would like the second version of this film come out the remake come out if like we were to do it and I feel like this film could be so fucking good with just some like tweaks so many of my notes are like i love the cinematographer i love the weird shots like even the weird like overhead whenever jennifer is talking with the boy that she likes and things are about to like it's so weird i don't know why that angle is there or why he chose it we're just looking at the tops of their fucking heads (laughs) for no reason at all like and there's so much fun stuff like that i love the cart shots i love the fucking phone pov i love these cool tracking shots i love the ridiculous like she's talking about prison let's put her behind bars like (laughs) the little details all the sight gags in this film are so clever and they're so subtle and the the gore is like totally warranted and i can handle it because we're not invested in any of these characters and because they give you like a big wind up right like you know it's coming and as soon as you get the tone of this is what this movie is it's silly and ridiculous gore and whatever then it's no longer scary to me I'm no longer putting myself in this character's experience and being like scared of them dying in this way then I'm just like voyeuristically being like yeah saw his face (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but there's and that's the thing there's like a turn that happens and i feel like that happens in tarantino in you, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, the beginning there, of you're broken it's fine <laughs> i don't know about that because i like i feel like that happens in tarantino films as well right like you get to a space where you're just like okay we're just it's a bloodbath and we're just in it right and it's not scary any longer or and i'm not like like I said, like envisioning myself as that character and what's happening to them. You know, I just get to participate in something fun and ridiculous that is not supposed to be fun, if that makes sense. So I do. I really enjoyed watching this. I I totally see how there's a cult following for this. It feels like the perfect get the gang together, drink and watch something stupid and ridiculous sort of film. If I could remake this film, 
there'd be so much fun stuff in it, you know, because it's there. Like the nuts and bolts are there and what they're doing is interesting and they're making cool, interesting choices. I love that it feels like we just shot this over a weekend and had a bunch of fun. So yeah, I do. I really, I really liked this fucking film. Recommend. <laughs> I cannot believe we going out on a high note for you. I, know, <laughs> I did not I, expect that. I can't either, especially with all. one that is arguably the goriest, right? Um, yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, why I feel like this is the beginning so. of your broken. Like no, it's not. It's yeah, but it's not about. It's like what you said though. It's when your brain can make that shift to. Yeah. Like, this is not me. This is never going to happen to me. Yeah. You sound like, I don't care about these characters. I don't find, you know, this person scary. That should be true for many of yeah. these films. Yeah, but so but, yeah, but like Prowler is gory, right? There's a lot of, and it happens. No, sure. There's a mood to Prowler. Yeah. yeah. Sure. There's a, there's a mood. Sure. I feel like they are trying to scare me. I don't feel like no, no. this movie is trying to scare me. Uh, I think it is. But as soon as there's any comedy, you definitely do better. For yes, sure. 100%. You're just, you're just much easier to please. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, again, I think I'm right down the middle of the two of you, but I think we're all saying the same thing, which is that it's so close. Yeah. And it's so frustrating. I don't think you could remake it, though, because that's the thing. This is such an 80s yeah. movie. This is like, this is only possible at the time where kids got to run around with 35 millimeter cameras and for $100,000 make a movie by, like, making back-end deals with store managers and not the owner of the place and, like, you know, diverting fucking wasted food and just like for me yeah great celebration and it's a nice way to end this series which has been a weird celebration of the yeah. 80s and because yeah it encapsulates a lot of stuff that i like about these movies from the 80s which is just people getting together and being creative and this director is definitely creative you can criticize him very does the acting for sure we can certainly criticize the script which is pretty terrible <laughs> but again they, they all said he scott spiegel is very much like sam raimi it's like he will listen to the actors and he'll change things on the day if the actors have an idea they'll just go yeah cool let's do that instead they're not in any way religious to their scripts which is for better and worse yeah everything you guys are saying like it's too fucking slow that it's really like weirdly mapped out in its arc it's it introduces the characters in a completely the wrong way after the initial 10 minutes anyway just mm-hmm. like just this section and yeah and if we ever wasted again i don't think um, elizabeth cox is terrible as jennifer i just don't think she's directed very well and she just doesn't her character is nothing it's like we need more once we get to that second act it's like give us some information give us some backstory give us some like really something about you but i just seem to forget all about her until the end mm-hmm. and that's a shame but i do think it's almost all here like if you had a couple more scenes with her yeah doing something saying something if we had another scene like that we could you know w- with all of them together I think all the footage is there. That's the frustrating thing with this movie. I think the footage is there. Like if we had access to all the original footage, I feel like, yes, it would be a 70 minute movie. You'd have 20 minutes probably cut out of it, Mm -hmm. but you could make a really fucking fun, great film out of this. Like I think they had all of the stuff and sometimes the editing was cool. Like the editing for kills and stuff like between, you know, gags basically was good. But a lot of it's just like, yeah, just just get rid of that. You don't need that. Speed this thing up. Put that scene at the beginning. Like Again, you can just edit the lunch break at the beginning. Yeah. Have yeah. them give the news and then go straight. All right, we're going to have our break and then you're going to get to work. Introduce those characters straight away. Like this, I, I'm almost tempted to go like, should we just do a fan edit of this? Because I think yeah. it could be so much better even from the footage that's here. Just by shuffling things around a little bit and speeding it up a bit. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a good fun movie. I think, yeah, not watching this. If you're not watching this unrated, then why bother yeah you you have to watch the unrated version of this film 
And it's just fun just getting to see Ted Raimi. It's really fun getting to see Sam Raimi because he's just adorable. Mm-hmm. And all of these, like, yeah, Scott and Greg and Lawrence and, like, Bruce, like, all these little cameos coming in. Like, if you enjoyed this world, then this is just, like, one that you should definitely be checking out. There you go. All right. So next week, we're going to be doing a wrap-up, which is going to be a weird one again because these films weren't obviously a franchise film. So we do slightly different wrap-ups. Maybe there'll be a little bit of a quiz. I don't know. We'll hopefully get to record the wrap-up all in person, which would be nice. And then we'll put all these fucking movies in order, um, which is going to be tough. And then we'll rank, you know, our favorite, our spookiest killers, our favorite kills, all the normal shit. And then I'll be revealing what the next series is going to be, which will give a tiny hint of now. It involves cars. Um, <laughs> like cars the pixar and i can't yeah yes and it involves pixar cars. and i can say for the first time we're going to join up two people who, who haven't done a series together uh we're going to bring bring back heaven from the blair witch series i think that's all she's done isn't it yeah yeah i think so. and we're going to be bringing back christopher uh, Christ- christopher. christina christopher mass <laughs> christina uh, masterson who hasn't been on in a while but she was eager to do one again so nice. they're going to be with me for Woo-hoo. the next eight weeks after this and then we're going to be getting into some of the new releases we're going to be doing yeah ghostbusters and we're going to be doing Candyman. and alex is joining for both of those we don't have the third person yet but we'll get there when we get there there you go that's all the stuff i'm mr al white on all the social medias as well as on the xbox and the playstation we still need people to play friday the 13th with let's not let those servers go dry open the fucking windows and lock the doors god seriously what about you guys i'm shannon hollander on instagram and my fave Shannon on Twitter, but there's no point. <laughs> true. Quite the holistic true. view. <laughs> yep. I'm my dearest Watson on Instagram, my dear Watson86 on Xbox. Thank you guys for joining me. I've enjoyed doing this series with you and ups and downs. We're looking forward to reflecting on it next week. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, and until then, we are out, geeks. Geeks. Geeks.